This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. All right, you have anything for uh, Foxcatcher? Nah, not really. You want to riff? No. All right. Project Humanoid, this is Murder, my dude. I'm BP Bird. And I'm exhausted. I thought you were Jackson Wells. <laughs> Today I'm exhausted. No. Are you still Jackson Wells or are you just exhausted? Uh, well, name-wise, oh. Jackson Wells, yeah. But feeling-wise, exhausted. exhausted. yeah. Busy day, harrowing day. Life. Life day. You know what I mean? Well, it is life. Nah, I, I already had the Rona. I battled the Rona. I'm good. Uh, my, my, I'm clear. My mind is clear of all that shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. Are, are you, are you still being affected by this? Like um, mentally, like you were, I, you were sweating bullets one day. I came in. I had a, uh, you look like Rambo coming from your head. <laughs> I had, uh, my anxiety is like a circuit breaker. Mm. Like it'll load up and load up and load up and load off. And then it just clicks off and then I'm okay. Like I, I'm cautious like i still i'm washing my hands a yeah. lot i'm not going out as much if i'm I not i'm it. walking around like the fucking bushwhackers and licking everyone i wouldn't do that i why i already had it but you don't know that 100 percent. you know that maybe no i know i know i know it 100 percent. Okay. i know it. i know it. i know i fucking had it 100 percent. yeah huh no, right. I, yeah what, what do i need to be told that i had it 100 percent? sure then if, if that's the case that but going by everything going by all the symptoms i had all the symptoms that my ex and her fiance had and the kids and everything. And the fact that I already had my flu shot and all that stuff. And the fact that, um, I got sick in a way with this that I'd never gotten sick with any other flu before. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it all makes sense around the same time. Like these are all valid points. These yeah, are all, these are all valid points. It, it all leads me to believe mm -hmm. that I had the coronavirus. Okay. okay. Yeah, sure. Yes. I don't know a hundred percent. Uh, but I'm going to say that I had the fucking coronavirus. Um, I've never had any sickness other than pneumonia in the right. past that made me want to go to a doctor mm -hmm. or go to the hospital rather. And I was I felt like my lungs were on fire. I, I lost sense of smell and taste. Mm -hmm. uh, it started with like a tickle in my throat. I woke up and I felt like, uh oh, because I know the kids were sick and like right. you, you were sick. Because I think you were actually sick before I was sick. Yeah, I got sick like right after the kids came here. Sick. Right. And I was I was good for a while. I was like, oh, they're sick. You know, they're getting over it, whatever. But they were sick for a few weeks. They had that. I wasn't sick long at all. No, you That's... weren't. You weren't because there are people that, that do get the coronavirus that, don't, that have zero symptoms like uh, Idris Elba. There are people that have mild, you know, like like a, a cold. There are some people that have like a flu. Then there are some people that get it worse. It, I would it's say different it, stages. If I had it, mine felt like a, a cold and not a cold, even like right. a really, really bad one. Mine felt worse than a flu, mm -hmm. less than pneumonia. I've had a flu. I've had pneumonia. I've had bronchitis. I've had cancer. I hit the one to my lungs. I've had a lung collapse during surgery. I've had, uh, I've had respiratory infections. I have asthma. I, you know, I've had all these different things. I, my body, like I understand these things at this right. point. And this was worse than any flu I've ever had in my life. So 
you're not going to tell me it was just a fucking flu. That whole thing he just said almost sounded like the Joe Exotic thing. He's like, I have had kinky sex. I am broke as shit. Like, <laughs> like are you running for president? I've had pneumonia. I've had cancer. <laughs> Apparently, they're putting out a new episode. Did you see? Uh, so th- this is our like, what the fuck? does this have to do with the show segment uh it's our opening like our banter the uh did you see that they have um it's called uh uh what's it like number neighbor yeah i've i saw it a couple years ago i think oh really well they're doing number neighbors with uh with this now okay and my sister uh texted someone and she was like basically like Hey, number neighbor, this was like the text to a stranger she never mm-hmm. met before. Hey, number neighbor, like, do you think Carol Baskin did it? <laughs> and they messaged back with, I've only watched episode one. Oh, no. And spoilers. No, no. But they were like, they were like, no, I'm, like, I'm only on the first episode. Like, like all this shit. But they were completely like cool That's and like good. supportive. And she was like. She just expected to either be ignored or somebody be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Because they were so, she was so vague with, you know, like, because mm-hmm. if if you hear the name Carol Baskin, right. either you don't know who Carol Baskin is or, or it's, she's hiding something. She's hiding something. <laughs> right. Right. There's no middle ground. Right. And uh, this person's like, like just knew all about it was like completely fucking cool with it. I'm like, God damn, I need to do number neighbor shit now. Because I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm glad you weren't up to, to Tiger King. I uh, yeah, yeah, because you were crapping on it a couple of weeks ago. I you know what it is? It's because I'm extremely judgmental. I'm extremely no. judgmental. Yeah, no, I didn't twenty six years and you're just figuring this out? Yeah. Wow. I'm shocked. Um I'm I'm very judgmental and and so you it's a dude that walks around with like all these guns and shit mm-hmm. but he wears like shiny flashy shirts so, and he's really gay yeah. uh so that may that kind of makes it like all right I could deal with it now you know right. um he's a fucking character is what it is oh, character but he knows he is and he fucking owned it yeah he owned it and it I did warm up to it I think it wasn't him that annoyed me I think it was all the fans Okay. People I, doing I see that, yeah. people doing the 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 filters, you know, doing the voices of it. Everybody doing their impersonation of him, and you know, like all the memes and shit. And and it was all the stuff before I saw the show, right? And it was like, damn, like all these people have like such a uh, you know an understanding of what's going on with everything before, like, like like right away, like immediately. Right. You it know? hit at a great time because everybody's stuck at home. And it's it would have worked without. It's this junk food series, yeah. That you just like. Okay, I'm stuck I, at home. I'm gonna watch. I think it would have. I think it would have worked. Person. I think it would have worked, but I don't think it would have worked this way. Yeah, I don't think it would have become the phenomenon that became in such because a short of the corona. Of time. Yeah. The, thank you, Corona. Again, you know, it's it's so it's so strange. It's it's strange how like what things like this do and what I what I hate about this is not to get on my um, religious soapbox, but what I hate about things like this is that people will take it the wrong way they'll go see this 
this was meant to happen. It brought us together for a reason. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what? You know why it brought us together? Because some fucking idiot fired the head of the pandemic fucking uh, part of the CD, uh, CDC a few years ago. That's why it happened. Yeah. Because we weren't prepared for it. Yeah, because we didn't. We did nothing it, until it was too late. It's, it's not... It's not like it's some kind of fucking like, this is what God wants us to do. God wants people to die, but it's going to bring other people together. Some need to be sacrificed. Well, if that's your fucking thinking, you're an idiot. If that's your kind of God, he's an idiot. Well, he doesn't exist. But if he did, he's an idiot. I don't like him. You know, go shit in a hat, God. So anyway, um, we just lost like fucking (laughs) bunch of listeners right there. It's okay. I'm fine with it. Um, they're not really, uh paying our rent or anything right? <laughs> <laughs> at this point it's more of a it's a hobby a hobby that yeah. could become something yeah just strike this from the record if we ever become yes. i will fucking put my hand on a fucking screen okay i will i will i'll become a evangelical uh preacher guy thingy. always remember jackson wells is a character i am a, and he's just jackson wells today right and he's not even jackson wells today he's, he's exhausted exhausted right exhausted as a character it's, it's a rapper is it like X A U S T? It's X exhausted. It's X dash Z. Yeah, X exhausted. Z A U S T. Yeah, D. Yeah, exhausted. All right, I like it. <laughs> yeah, my name is X X extension cord. Right, X X extension cord, and I'm exhausted. Yeah, with S T D capitalized in the end. That's how style is with capital. Okay. Yeah, exhausted the dirt dick is what they nice. Yeah, that's I what like they, that's what they call me. That's my rap name. Yeah. In, in in the rap game yeah because i clap with the rap aim mm-hmm. i'm rapping right now i like it thank you all right do you want to do another song maybe no. a jingle you always sing uh, around early oh yeah, yeah this week murder men accused of kidnapping and killing reporter in 2002 acquitted then rearrested this was a pretty big story back then uh the oh, name, i remember i remember the name in 2002 yeah. Daniel Pearl, who was at the time the South Asia bureau chief for the Wall Street Journal, was kidnapped in Pakistan while researching a story he was working on concerning the ties between Richard Reed, who was the infamous shoe bomber, and Al-Qaeda. And Richard Reed, the shoe bomber, he was going to try to light his shoes on fire on the plane, and they stopped him, and then from there on, you had to take your shoes off before you got on a plane. Oh, boy. And so... Do they still do that? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been on a plane in... Over 10 years, but when I was last on a plane, you did. Oh, wow. And so when they do that, when he was, or when he, when Daniel Perra was there, he was kidnapped. He was going to meet a source, he thought, at a cafe, but on the way he was kidnapped. He was beheaded nine days later, Mm -hmm. and his body was later found cut into 10 pieces in a shallow grave. Four men, the most prominent being Ahmed Omar Saeed Sheikh were later arrested and ultimately sentenced to life imprisonment in a 2004 tribunal hearing. Although they say, and I don't know how true this is, that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed says he's the guy that cut his head off. He was the guy that they, the U.S. arrested later. They called him like the 20th hijacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he claims, or yeah, I don't know if he claimed to be a part of it. That's just something, I don't even know how true that is. But he was supposedly a part of it. Regardless, these other four men were arrested. They were ultimately sentenced to life in prison at a 2002 tribunal hearing. It was a anti-terrorism tribunal. Yeah. On April 2nd of this year, a Pakistani court overturned their murder convictions, declaring them guilty of the lesser count of kidnapping, which carries a seven-year sentence, which all four have already served, and then some. So they've been in jail since, like, 2002. 
They've been in jail for 18 years, so now their sentence is seven. Now, I wonder if when they come out, do they have some, like, is there some kind of retaliation? Are they like, fuck this, I'm never dealing with that shit They're again. trying to keep them in, is what they're doing right now. Days later, before any of the four could be released, they were ordered to detain for three months, with the belief being that that time is going to be used to allow prosecutors more time to appeal their convictions. I guess in mm. Pakistan, like here in, in the United States, if you win your appeal, it's over. They can't retry. It's double jeopardy. Right. But I guess in Pakistan, they don't have that rule, and they can retry them and try to get them convicted again of murder. Okay. And that's where we're at. It's kind of in a holding pattern. They're just being held for 90 days, because I guess you can do that in Pakistan as well. Mm. That's why I don't go to Pakistan. 19-year-old could face federal hate crime charge after stabbing Asian family over coronavirus. Eh, well. One of the many negatives emerging from the COVID-19 pandemic has been an uptake on racially motivated attacks against Asian Americans due to the outbreak originating in China. Now, now do you, if, if somebody is to say, oh, I, I won't go to Asian nail salons or, or well, not that they're uh, open right now, right. but or I won't, I won't order Chinese food. Um, what do you, do, do you think that that's a rational fear? Do I think it's rational or irrational? I think it's irrational. No, I meant rational. <laughs> no, no, I do not think it's a rational fear. Right. I don't think that at this stage yeah. that because most Asian countries are farther along in the epidemic and they have higher or lower case counts. I think China lied about their case counts. Oh, of course. Uh, but I even at this point, they're so far along that there's probably less people in China now that have it than here. So if you're saying, oh, they might they have a higher chance of being sick with, with or infected with it than, uh, than a uh, non-Chinese uh, person, I yeah. don't believe that anymore. I think it's everywhere now. Oh, it is everywhere. everywhere so now. yeah, I don't think there's any rational fear of ordering from a Chinese restaurant. It's not you don't have any higher risk of being sick than ordering from any other restaurant. Okay, but but to a person said, well, I'm still not going to order Chinese food because well, you're a racist. If you if the reason you're doing it is because of the coronavirus, you're being racist. Do you think that's racist? Yes. Do you think really? I I don't mm -hmm. I don't see that it can be. What is it then? Uh, fear. I don't think fear is is well, fear can make you because act this like is a just, because this per, person I'm referencing is also Asian, okay. Um, but East Asian, okay. Indian, it's Asian technically. Um, and this person just doesn't want to order, and I don't think that it's a. I don't think it's. I don't like Chinese people. I think it's a. It's a fear. I think it's uh, it's an uneducated fear. Well, I think a lot of racism comes from an uneducated fear. Well, but I think I, I see that's why I don't. I'm not quick to to call something. It can be a racist act that doesn't. Maybe that person isn't like racist intentionally, but it's a racist act. I think to not order from somewhere because of the race of the people that work there is, I believe, racist. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're right. I guess. I guess that that is. Yeah. That you're right. That is technically racist. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm seeing it as one way. I'm seeing it as like. Ooh, fuck you! I don't like you because you're Chinese. Right, but in a, in a sense, that's it, the most base level of racism. Right, right. This but is there's, there's different layers undertones. Of yeah, right. And th this is yeah, this is uh, some sub racism shit, uh, sub racial shit. But it's race. It's right. Yeah, you're right. It is racist because. Um. No, you're right. It does. Co like, it comes what are you afraid of? You're going to get the coronavirus, and you won't get that from any other place. You have just as much chance getting it anywhere. Absolutely right. And and they say it's low. Like they say your chance. Like that's why they're saying you should still order food if you want to. You should still like not eat out because you don't want to be around other people dining. But like as long as you're washing your hands before and after your meals, you're not touching your face. You should be okay. Yeah. As far as eating food. 
Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right. Like it was because I'm not thinking. I'm like, no, I don't think that it's racist. And then I, and then the more I'm th- sitting there thinking about, it, I'm like, that's totally fucking racist. It's totally fucking racist. Right. Like, like if somebody, if there was a Chinese person in America, it was like, well, there's more Americans that have coronavirus now, so I'm not going to order from American people. I think that's kind of racist. Like, right. So it's the same thing, just a different side of the coin. Yeah, well, but, let's get back to... Uh, this was story. definitely racist. Okay. Uh, Jose L. Gomez, 19, perpetrated... He one- can't be racist. Because uh, he's Hispanic? Well, that, that's what I've been told. I've been told that that you racism only comes from white men. Okay, well, in this case, we're going to say he's racist, because I, I disagree with that. Oh. Excuse my opinion. Okay. Uh, Jose L. Gomez, 19, yeah. perpetrated one such attack at a Sam's Club in Midland, Texas. Uh-huh. Gomez attacked an Asian family... Stabbing four of the three, including two children ages two and six. He stabbed a fucking two-year-old. Well, you know, that kid could be given corona virus. I don't think stabbing them is going to... In fact, it's going to up your chances of getting Because you it. got close to them. Yeah, stab... Shoot them. Don't shoot them. You just oh, said shoot them. You I, might want to strike that for the yeah. fucking record. <laughs> Let's rewind that. BP Burke is a character. <laughs> don't shoot them. Don't shoot them. But if you're going to... You fucking said shoot them. <laughs> Don't shoot two-year-olds. I'm gonna shoot them. A, I'm going to take a firm stand against shooting two-year-olds. I don't know. I don't know about that. After six, do whatever you're going to do. All right. After six, you know, fucking cap them. Yeah. But not for this. Things could get misconstrued, by the way. There, yeah. was, a, there was a time we were... Uh, you can shoot a seven-year-old. They really deserve it. We were going somewhere. I don't know what it was. It was, was, it, was it Rich's Wake? When was the We Don't... The, ba- the baby oh yeah i don't remember what it I was it was at a party yeah and we were saying something i i was in the middle of saying we don't and i don't know what i was going to say right but i'm in the middle of saying and i go we don't and then somebody says something about the baby and then i i wrote i wrote but yeah i wrote it i uh i yelled fuck the baby right after i said we don't because right. i got I, I i you know i paused i said we don't and then i yelled because i've been responding to them mm-hmm. fuck the baby so everybody just starts cracking the fuck up for some reason <laughs> yeah. because it sounded like I said, we don't fuck the baby. Which, good, but you shouldn't have to say right, that. I shouldn't have to say <laughs> that. We don't fuck the baby. And then we don't fuck the baby became a thing for a minute at the uh, the house that we were living in and hanging in. And What I meant to say yeah. in this whole thing okay, is if backtrack. you're going to, and you shouldn't do this, if you're going to attack somebody because you suspect them of having COVID-19. If you were crazy and if you were crazy and going to be you violent do this but if you're making that choice right the safer mode of attack is by shooting because you can do it from a distance right you can murder somebody in cold blood and these people didn't die so this is an almost murder here gotcha uh, you can murder somebody in cold blood and still practice safe and effective social distancing mm. or physical distancing because we can still be together socially you just need to be together apart Oh, you're 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 on that train now. I'm doing my PSA thing. Gotcha. This, this is what I'm trying to. I'm just doing damage control because I said shoot children. <laughs> right. I'm just yeah. trying to. I'm trying to rein it in now. Yeah. I have to be extra good for the rest of the show. And just to be clear, that was BP Burke, not Jackson Wells, who always sticks his foot in his mouth. <laughs> BP Burke is a character. It's not affecting the real Brian Paddington Burke. <laughs> okay. Uh so the the uh the big hero in this story, Big Herc is zach that's another one of my nicknames yeah. zach owen oh you have a lot of nick- nicknames too yeah Big you're not the, you're, you're not the man of a thousand names I'm the man of a thousand nicknames the captain captain i don't Daddy, think you have that many you're Kirk the probably, jerk probably big a, and tasty 
Probably a couple hundred. Yeah, there's there's several. I think you're the man of a couple hundred names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Zach Owen, not one of my nicknames. This is a, uh, an employee. Back to the story, yeah. Yeah, Zach Owen is an employee of the, the Sam's Club where this happened. Yeah. He also suffered cuts to the hand and leg while trying to stop Gomez's assault. So he sees this guy stabbing children and says, hey, I'm going to stop that guy. Good for you, Zach Owen. You're all right. Bernie Ramirez, an off-duty border agent who happened to be also shopping at the store, intervened as well and was able to subdue Gomez before police arrived. Ramirez told the press that he first thought the fight had been over scarce items. He thought they were like fighting over toilet paper or something. Right. And gave significant praise to Owen. Quote, Zach stepped in, Ramirez said in an interview with KDKA-TV. He went into a knife fight barehanded. He took control of the individual and he disarmed him. If Zach had not been there, things could have gone really badly. Hmm. So he's the uh, the big hero here. You're a hero, Zach. You're a hero. You're a goddamn hero. You know who else is a hero? I don't know, but I'm sure we'll talk about it after these messages. Hey, this is Jackson Wells. You know me for murder, my dude, but you may not know that I have a new nostalgia podcast. Talking Back is my new podcast where I'll talk about everything from bikes to trains to... Well, you get it. We're going to be talking classic toys, cartoons, wrestling, games, and more. And it's not just me. I'll have a new guest on each week to reminisce about their childhood favorites. Make sure to visit ProjectHumanoid.com to figure out more about guests, the premiere date, and other information. And follow Talking Back Pod on Instagram as well. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-A-C-K-P-O-D on Instagram. Have you heard about the snarkremark.shop? Well, if you've listened to this podcast before, then of course you have. But let me tell you again. The Snark Remark is an Etsy shop offering buttons, lapel pins, magnets, vinyl decals, and more. The most popular item is the custom lapel pin with your face on it for $9.99. They even have digital protest signs you can download and print yourself in minutes. Well, who was in charge of such a fine establishment, you may ask? Well, that would be my pal Tate. She's been my go-to artist for years. She's reliable, easy to work with, and has a five-star average on Etsy to back it up. Add promo code MMD10 for an additional 10% off. The snarkremark.shop. Give snark, get laughs. And we're back. Who's the hero? Uh, John Dupont. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, you're taking some of the heat off me. I see what you're doing here. I appreciate that. Dave Schultz. He was a nice guy. Dave, he was, he was alright. He was a nice guy. He wasn't as cool as the other Dave Schultz. <laughs> Dr. D? Yeah. Or the other Dave Schultz. Oh, the hammer? Yeah. yeah. There are lots of cool Dave Schultz, by the way. Yeah. Two wrestling Dave Schultz and one uh, a hockey, hockey Dave, Dave who, Schultz. Who probably got more fights than either of them. This Dave Schultz is not the one who played for the Flyers. Right. He is not the one who slapped John Stossel, the professional wrestler. He should have been. And, uh... He's uh he is the amateur wrestler, the former Olympic gold medalist, former multi-time world champion wrestler. It was played by uh Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, yeah. In Foxcatcher. This this one's more about Dave Foxcatcher, I didn't watch it, but I read the synopsis of it. That was more about Mark. And there was a lot of things where they took creative license with it. Mark was Channing Tatum's character in, right. in Foxcatcher. Right. And then John DuPont was played by Steve Carell with a fake nose. But right. yeah, but this is a this is more of a story about like the real goings on at Foxcatcher Farm. A little bit different than the, I mean, the story. Apparently, one thing they got really well, and we'll get to this way later, was the actual murder. Apparently, it was like super realistic, uh, and super like close to what actually happened. Yeah, yeah. 
And but well, I've seen I've seen both the documentary and the movie like mm-hmm. when they came out. While it's been a long time, it's been a while. Um, and I was so into the Foxcatcher uh, team, Foxcatcher, right? Because I thought it was so badass. Like not John Dupont, kind of little jealous, <laughs> little jealous because there's this super uh, eccentric nutcase. Yeah, um, he's kind of like. If the Joker was living in Batman's fucking mansion. Yeah. And he was a socially awkward, just kinda Right. Like he didn't he didn't exactly become the Joker. Right. But he he tried masquerading as Bruce Wayne. Right. Like it's like it's the Joker. It's that you know but he's like, all right, I'm trying to be a normal person. Mm-hmm. And uh Well, kind of. Kind of normal. Trying. Trying, yes, trying to trying. Be, not succeeding, but trying. But trying. And, uh, gosh, man, it like, it, it was, it was so straight. Cause my kids were in wrestling at the time mm-hmm. and, uh, my, my youngest son and my daughter were both on the wrestling team. And I was like, dude, this is what I want to do. I want to get involved in, in wrestling and have some kind of team fox catcher type thing. But my, my goal was to do that so they can grow up to be pro wrestlers. Right, right. That's really what I, you know... Well, one person that frequented Team Foxcatcher did become a, a pro wrestler, eventually. There was a guy that uh, yeah. hang, hang out around there quite a bit. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Especially yeah. later on he in the He had a broken run. freaking neck. He did. Yeah. But um, that's... Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's... that. That's like, I just... I was really into it for a minute, but, you know, that's like anything else that I'm, I'm, I'm into. I'll be into it for two weeks and I move on to something else, so... And I think uh, something with wrestling like that, that, I mean, that's just so much dedication. Yeah, you need to really eat, breathe, eat, breathe and sleep wrestling. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, especially like the, the, at that high of a level, these, these are like Olympic level wrestlers. And, and and we'll get into it a little bit more, but let's start at the very beginning of the story. And it starts with American royalty, old money. Uh, certain names come to mind when you bring that up. The Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, the Kennedys. Yeah. In the Delaware Valley, especially the state of Delaware, but also kind of Philadelphia, that means DuPont. DuPont was like the high society family. Yeah. And like, I lived in Delaware, and everything was DuPont. It was DuPont, DuPont, DuPont this, DuPont that. Uh, and they came, the DuPont family came from France to the United States in the early 1800s when Pierre Samuel DuPont de Nemours settled near Wilmington, Delaware, along the banks of the Brandywine River. And he settled there along with his adult sons, Victor and Eluther. 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 Sorry, Eluther. That's probably how you would say it. Yeah, I'm going to guess you're right. Eluther. Eluther. Uh, he, and he knew it was hard to say, too, so he became known as E.I. DuPont. <laughs> so I can't say my fucking name. <laughs> they call me E.I. E.I. Uh-oh! And, and it's funny because one of his ancestors who came along much later was Alfred I. DuPont. Okay. And I knew that because... I knew it was related to Batman. There you go. He wasn't a butler, though. He was very, very rich himself. Yeah, well. And there's a hospital down there. Yeah. A.I. DuPont. It's like a major children's hospital okay. in Delaware, and, and it's named after him. Okay. But E.I. DuPont was one of the early people who started the family business there, and it was a gunpowder mill. They were in the arms business, mm-hmm. and they flourished. They did well selling their gunpowder, and they did especially well after the Civil War in the 1860s, the late 1860s. When Alfred Nobel sold the right to manufacture one of his recent 
and accidental inventions dynamite to their company. Now, do you think it was noble, but they like they just start saying Nobel like this is Nobel Prize. Yeah, this is the guy the Nobel Prize is right. named after. But do you think that it was noble? Because you can't say the Nobel Prize. I mean, you could. Uh, maybe no, like, you couldn't I'm because sure that's, that's not what. Because if you said the Nobel Prize, yeah, people would people say, "Oh, you, you mean like the Nobel Prize?" Right. It could be one of those things where it was changed, like how. It also could be the like, like, um, like we knew somebody with the last name, uh, Muscle, who said it was pronounced Musel. Right, but it could also be that Nobel was Swedish, and maybe that's how they would say that in Sweden, and maybe English people called him Nobel. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that happens like there's uh, Joe Theismann, the football player. Theismann. His name was Joe Theismann, and he wound up uh, just going by Theismann when he was in college at Notre Dame because it rhymed with Heisman, and he just thought it would be a... Um, it's like uh, what, my other name, um, Riley, that name that I use sometimes, yeah. that fake name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in France, I'm Riley. There you go. Yeah. And... Stephen A. Smith, he wound up using the sports guy, sports commentator. Yeah. He wound up using his middle initial, A, because it's not A. Smith sounds like Naismith. That's like basketball. Uh, Michael J. Fox was, I guess, just Michael Fox. Right. But he took the middle initial for, after Michael J. Pollard, mm-hmm. who just passed away uh, not too long ago. Um, he was a weird actor, I guess, character actor. Yeah, because wasn't there already like a Michael Fox and SAG, so he needed to like to put an initial or something? I don't, like I don't know if it had anything to do with SAG. I think he just did it after, because he really liked Michael J. Pollard. Okay, there because there's you know he's one of those guys. He played, uh, he was on, oh gosh, he was on Andy Griffith. He was on Dobie Gillis. He was uh, Maynard's cousin. When uh, uh, do you think it was Pollard and they just changed it to Pollard? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, maybe maybe it was. Maybe yeah. it was Pollard. Yeah, Pollard. I'm Pollard. Um, when Bob Denver signed up for, uh, or he got, I think he got drafted into the military. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was like in the late fifties, early sixties, he gets uh, drafted, but then he like failed or something and he got sent back. So they thought that they thought that Bob Denver was gone and they were like, oh, well we need to replace Maynard G. Krebs. So they brought in Maynard's cousin, Jerome. Okay. Uh, Jerome. Michael J. Pollard. Cre- uh, yeah. Krebs and his Michael J. Pollard. Yeah. Hmm. So whether it's Nobel or Noble, yeah. whatever his name is, whatever. he sold the right to manufacture dynamite to the DuPont company. And over the next century and a half, they would become a leading name in the chemical sector. And at the height of DuPont's, DuPont's power and success and everything like that, they think upwards of 10% of the entire state of Delaware worked for the company. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like I said, du- DuPont was everywhere in well, Delaware. Well, uh, then again, uh, there's only... About 10% yeah. of life in Delaware. <laughs> well, I was going to say 10% of uh, Delaware's population were about 15 people. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a big state. Not a big state. You could walk through Delaware. And... Well, if, you go, if you're going east to west, you could. It's pretty... It's long, but yeah. it's it's not like... It's not very wide. I, uh, I used to go to Delaware, Bear Delaware, every mm-hmm. year, to uh, every Christmas for this... Uh, they had this Christmas house that had over a million lights. They still do it every year. And they have like donation boxes. One year they had a fucking helicopter come down. Oh, wow. uh, Santa got out of the fucking helicopter. Like it was completely badass for like a Christmas. Like if you're into Christmas, you know, I know somebody's saying there's nothing badass about Christmas because it's <laughs> Christmas. I would beg to differ. Okay. Um, but we would stop every year 
we would do the same thing. We would uh, we would stop at this Wendy's, and it was like the last Wendy's that had a fucking super bar. Yeah, and this was even in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, by the time my oldest son was born, uh, we we start going down there with my ex, and uh, the super bar fucking finally disappeared. Yeah, went in there one year, and it was just gone. And I was so heartbroken because i mean this was years after the wendy's super some people don't even know what a super bar yeah, is it's been so long since they were in every wendy's yeah and- so so just to catch you guys up to speed if you don't know what a super bar is besides googling it uh it was literally like a salad bar but they had other options so you could have you can make salads you can uh you could get desserts like they had pudding uh they have vanilla pudding chocolate pudding they had jello um, and this is all out like in your like like a bar like Ruby Tuesday would have or something yeah, like a salad bar, um, a buffet. And then they had um, they had a thing of ground beef. They had different pasta. You could get like uh, like rotini. Mm-hmm. Um, they had sauces like different sauces. You could get like a cheese sauce or a, uh, a white sauce like an Alfredo, or you can get a red sauce. They had hamburger bun, uh, garlic bread. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make tacos. Yeah, I always remember just having three stations. There's like the garden station, which was all the salad stuff, and then that's yeah. where the, the pudding and stuff was. They would have the Mexican station, which was where you can make like tacos or burritos or nachos or things like that. And well, that, and that's the, also where the that's the, also where the Italian stuff. And was then you too. had the Italian station. My, the ones I always saw had three stations. It was like garden something, Mexican fiesta, and Italian something. No, Mexican and Italian was together. Oh, okay. That was always together. Um. That was always together because you would. That's where you would get the. You could get the ground beef for your, uh, for your Italian or your Mexican. That was together. That was the first thing closest to where you would get your. You know the 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 counter mm-hmm. real food. It would be that. Then it would be, I think, I think it was, um, dessert and then salad. Oh, okay, you I think you it, to put dessert at the end. I think that's how it went. Um, something maybe it was the other whatever that's how that's how I remember it mm-hmm. you remember you remember salad I mean I uh, remember being three things I remember being like the garden it was like garden yes yeah, it was something. three things but it was I it, remember being garden Mexican Italian well dessert was different. and dessert was with the garden stuff it was on, like you go around the other side yeah I don't remember stuff. that at all I'm gonna look that up so you get back into the story I'm gonna look that up <laughs> it was because it was a super bar podcast yeah so. because the, this is well if, <laughs> if I could do a Wendy super bar podcast about reminiscing uh, no, but that is definitely something we'll talk about on an upcoming show called Talking Back. Talking Back with Jackson Wells. So back to this. Uh, sometimes things like the Super Bar, sometimes you try something out in business and it doesn't work. And initially, it looked like that's what was happening with dynamite because it's a very specific process to make dynamite. And if you go wrong, you blow up. And a lot of factories, a lot of DuPont factories were blown up during the dynamite production in the early days. And the company, the DuPont company, wound up coming up with a very sadistic but incredibly effective way to keep their factories from blowing up. They made a rule that said that dynamite could only be manufactured in the factory when the factory manager and their family were living on premises and were in the factory. So if if your worker screwed up and blew up, you were going to blow up too, and so was your whole family. And if a manager or any member of their family left, then they stopped production until they came back. So they would only make dynamite while the family was there. Okay, you're right. Okay. You, you're, you're right. It was the pasta one was the first, mm-hmm. then Mexican, and they were connected, but it was like it would turn. 
Right. So they're they're apart. That's probably why I remember them being together mm-hmm. because they're next to each other. Right. And then and then it was on this. So I'm showing you, but not that they can see it. But over here would be the because yeah, the garden one had two sides. The one side was all like salad stuff, and the back was like the dressings and the desserts. So they probably had four. Maybe, but that was it. Just saves space to do it that way. Yeah. But that's that's why I, I always figure the pasta because the pasta pasta and the Mexican stuff. It was like you're right there. It's right. it's together. It's just kind of, I guess, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's technically separated. Okay, whatever. God damn, I so, miss that. I miss it so much. So this whole thing I was saying about how they would produce dynamite sounds insane. It's certainly in flagrant violation of modern labor laws, but it worked. The manager started emphasizing that explosives should be made safely, and less emphasis on it being made quickly. Factory stopped exploding, and the DuPonts made a lot of money. And a lot of that money made its way to John Luther DuPont, the great... Oh, my gosh. They're definitely working in fucking... I was saying Joker, and yet he's got Luther in his name. Yeah, there you go. He's a supervillain. John Luther DuPont was the great, great, great grandson of E.I. DuPont, and he was born on November 22nd, 1938. He was the fourth and final child born to William DuPont Jr., who was often known as Willie. And and Willie was born himself in England, but raised at Montpiler, the former estate of President James Madison in oh, Virginia. I'm surprised you didn't go, ha! Huh. Ha! Huh, Willie! A little bit of a 80s reference there. Talk about well, we already brought back. it back to uh, Super Bar. Super Alf, Bar, yeah. yeah. All the things I enjoyed as a child. No wrestling yet. Yeah, well, we're, well, we're getting there. This is all about wrestling. Just that, not that wrestling. Actually, we did. We, t- we brought up Dave Schultz. Yeah, the that's hammer. true. Yeah. And um, Lissiter Hall was the home built on the sprawling estate where John DuPont spent most of his life. It was a replication of Montpelier that was built by William DuPont Sr. as a wedding gift for his son. And the land the home was built on, which came to be known as Foxcatcher Farm, at first, I think at first it was called Lissiter Farm. It was then called Foxcatcher Farm. That was given to the couple by wealthy railroad baron William Lissiter Austin, who was the father of Willie's wife, Jean. Willie DuPont developed a reputation as a world-class horse trainer and racetrack designer. Is it Jean Austin? William Austin. No, you said the wife, though. Oh, Jean. Yeah, Jean. Not that Jean Austin. And that's Jane Austin. Wait. (laughs) See? (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, G- yeah, Jean Austin uh, Dupont, I guess would be her name there. And Willie Dupont, John Dupont's father, was a uh, a horse trainer. And that's where the whole fox catcher thing came in, because the horses would catch the foxes. Right. So yeah. that that's where the name came from. It came from, and I think it was actually John Dupont that changed the name after he kind of took control as a tribute to his father. And the, the marriage didn't last long. Willie and Jean divorced less than three hours, or three hours. <laughs> 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 That's a quickie divorce. Uh, Willie, <laughs> Fuck. Willie, what did they do? It's a record. It's a boy. I want out. Uh, Willie and Jean divorced less than three years after John was born. Somewhere between three hours and three years. Is it weird that if I was John DuPont and I had all that money in my basement, I would have a Wendy's Super Bar built? <laughs> yes. It, really? You could just buy don't, a Wendy's. Don't you remember Richie Rich where he had like a McDonald's in the fucking... Yeah. The uh, Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm. Richie Rich, he had a Mac- McDonald's in his house. 
You can have a personal chef that can make you anything you it's want. It's not about that. It's about the, the, the aesthetic. aesthetic. Okay. Yo, God, yeah, dude. You think I can't make a fucking... You th- I can't make anything that they have? I know how to make a salad. I know how to make tacos. I know how to make hamburger bun fucking garlic, uh, bre- garlic bread. But the, the thing is, is I want the round... Uh, the thing, I actually saw... I saw one before and I almost bought it and I didn't. The thing that you would keep the, um, the soft shell tacos in. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the... Uh- yeah, I forget what they're called, but yeah, it's like a like a big it's like a round holder, yeah. Right, right, like a big I think it was called like a warmer because I think they would keep a hot thing, like keep it under a heat. Yeah, but it was like it was like a hard plastic y yeah. thing. Whatever. Like I saw one and I almost fucking bought it and I was like because I remember I'm like, dude, that's the same shit that Wendy's used. Yeah. Um the 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 big bubble plastic thing that they fucking kept, you know, the warmer that they kept the um uh the the hamburger buns in, mm-hmm. right? Like that all that shit is what I want. Like I want that. I want the, I want the the, I want the trays that you could slide across. You know, right. I want the big Wendy's cups that, that my dad's friend Checkman would go and he would take a large cup and fill it with pudding. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Why not? And then he would go back. He would go back for seconds or thirds. Yeah, he likes pudding. He loved pudding. Anyway, sorry, go but ahead. But Willie and Jean did not love each L- other for long. I think you said did not like pudding. And but Willie and Jean did not like pudding. That's why they got divorced in three hours. That was three. It was when John was two, they were divorced. Oh, okay. And John lived in Lister Hall with his mother. Uh, Willie wound up moving back to DuPont headquarters in Delaware and lived at one of the family's Wilmington estates, Bellevue Hall, which is still around. You can actually run it out for, like, weddings and stuff. And so... We can all imagine the benefits of growing up fabulously wealthy. Some of us want to, you know, build super bars in our basement. Some of us might want to, you know, do other things. God, like, I think half of the basement would, like, a big part of it would have, like, super bar. Uh-huh. I'd have, like, a movie theater somewhere, right? A movie theater with a super bar. I like that. A movie theater with a super bar. Yeah, that's where you go. You get your food. But also, where do you pick the movies from that we're going to watch in our theater? A blockbuster. At our blockbuster. Yeah. Or... Uh, our blockbuster slash West Coast video slash Hollywood, right. m- maybe slash movie. I, I never. I fucking went to movies like one time, <laughs> or LA Video. <laughs> That's the same thing. I think they changed your name. Right, but still, it's still or Errols. Errols. God, maybe maybe we'll have it rotate. Are you gonna have that little like the saloon doors to go through to get to the porno? Is that gonna be? A thing? I never liked. I never because I was too young to give yeah. a shit about that, dude. I cared more about going to West Coast Video and and renting Turbo Teen. I always or think Popples. about. I always think about this um, this store in the town we grew up in. It was called like Video Showcase Three or something, and or I, so, that's that was the full name, Video Showcase Three or something. And I would always rent like wrestling or whatever movies there, oh, yeah, like yeah. video games. But they had that thing, and I'm, this is what I'm thinking of. They, they had the saloon door in the back, and then they closed down and became a sandwich. Yeah, shop. a lot of a lot or of a pizza place. A lot of uh, video stores I remember as a kid would have that room in the back. They became Texas. Remember Texas Fresh Cut Steaks and Hoagies. Yeah, of course I yeah, remember that, that was Texas. a video store. Texas Steaks, yeah. Yeah. Was it called Texas Fresh Cut? I think so. We yeah. just called it Texas Steaks. Yeah. I used to get, uh, I remember me and, uh, shout out to John Garvey. Uh, Friday nights, me and Garve would fucking, we would order like Texas uh, Texas fries. Yeah, they had like the loaded fries with like everything. They were so Before good. anybody else fucking had loaded yeah. fries, dude. They had the Texas fries. And we're talking, we're talking like ranch meat. dressing, bacon, had bacon, yes, uh, whatever, sour cream, fucking, mm-hmm. I don't know what, the, what the cheese, jalapenos, whatever the fuck it had, and, and this was like in the nineties. I don't yeah. remember anybody. I never saw this anywhere else. I mean, he had poutine in Canada, but 
No, but I'm talking about like loaded fries. Yeah. Uh, they were the, they were just called the text. They were Texas fries, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I never saw this anywhere else. Then again, I didn't go anywhere else. Uh, but Texas had it, and yeah, me and Garva fucking ordered that. I would always get like chicken parm because mm-hmm. I, I fucking still love chicken parm. Anyway, God, I love reminiscing. Go back <laughs> to this shit. So we can all imagine like what we do if we grew up wealthy like that. Uh, eat a lot uh, of fucking chicken parm in yeah, Texas and, and Super Bar. Yeah, and Super Bar in Texas. Fries. Uh, there was an element of loneliness in it for John. He he. There was like just nobody around. He grew up socially and emotionally stunted uh, through childhood. There were no neighbors. People around John later in life said that there were stories like he would have to eat dinner in his room alone until he was like 13. He didn't really socialize. Like His one friend was like a chauffeur's kid who they paid to hang out with him. That's a shame. Yeah, so he, he kind of grew up like just alone. That, that's the thing. That's that's like a lot of these cases when you see these... Oh, I'm going to fix this microphone. When, when you see these... Uh, a lot of these people, it's like a lot of this shit could have been prevented. Yeah. You know, I I know that the onus is on them. Mm-hmm. I know that they have to take responsibility and it shouldn't be like, well, it's their fault. I, I get that. But, you know, a lot of people create these monsters, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like the parents. Why? You know, the parents should have fucking done a better job of of socializing him. Right. Socialization is super important. It's super, super, super important. Um, Just not now. Social distancing. <laughs> yeah, right now. now. He would have been fucking, you would have been fine. right, hey, Dude, oh no, we're going to have a whole lot of fucking John DuPonts. This is only going to last, at the most, it's going to last, what, a year? Like, worst case scenario. Oh, it's not going to last that, that Don't long. tell that to some people. No, it's not going to last they, that long. Some people are like, no, no, Trump said it's the end of, fe- uh, the end of uh, April. I think April we're going to start relaxing things probably around the end of May. Maybe sometime in... It's not going to be, like, all at once. Yeah. Like, I think, like, big gatherings, like, sporting events, things like that, it's going to take a while. But I think people are going to be able to go to the restaurant or go to their friend's house or... Well, people are still doing that now. Like, people are ignoring that. They are um, ignoring it. Yeah. But don't... Uh, I, I heard some. Like, I saw somebody uh, the other day. They were like, an adult should never tell another uh, grown adult what to do ever. Okay, then I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Don't tell me I can't. Yeah. Like you just said I can't. Well, you already wanted to shoot a two-year-old earlier, yeah. so I, I believe you. Go I'm ahead. very murderous today. Yeah. You're <laughs> murdery. I'm murdery, my dude. It's going to be like Wondery. It's going to dun-dun-dun. Murdery. I like Wondery. Wondery. <laughs> <laughs> I like Wondery. But yeah, like he, uh, he yeah, this it's kind of like that. that's the, the sad part of his upbringing. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is he fancied himself an athlete. Like he looked... he. Yeah, there was a, unfortunately, yeah, he did. There was a distance thing with his dad, I think, because his dad like wasn't living there. His, they, his parents got divorced; he was a, a a baby, and his dad was this really successful horse trainer. So with John Dupont, he kind of fancied himself an athlete. Like even later in life, he said one of the wrestlers. I don't know if it was Dave Schultz or not. They were like, "Oh, you're doing something with your dad? That's great!" Like he's like, "I knew I would need to make an appointment to see my dad," and, and half the time I wouldn't even be able to then. Like, that's because his dad was a busy guy and distant in all business. Um, but to kind of, I think, almost to kind of mold himself in his dad's image, because his dad was in the horse racing, which was a major sport at the time. John wanted to be an athlete, because I think that would have, and I'm just putting myself in his head, I think that he thought that would get respect from his dad. Uh, but the natural skill just wasn't there. He was gangly, he was sickly at times, he just wasn't a good athlete. 
He did excel academically, though. He was a good student. He was at University of Pennsylvania briefly, but then he, uh, John graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Zoology from the University of Miami, and then he later got a doctorate in national, uh, natural science from Villanova University, which is a school in the main line in Philadelphia, about five miles or so away from Foxcatcher Farm. Uh, yeah. Because Villanova kind of straddles the line between Delaware County and Montgomery County. Yeah, it's it's by the main line. Yeah, and Foxcatcher Farm was in Newtown Square, which is on the Delaware County side. Yeah. I used to shop at uh, Lord & Taylor. <laughs> Lord & Taylor. It just L- sounds fancy. Yeah. Lord & Taylor. Hmm. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I used to shop at Lord... Well, my mom did mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Uh, we we were a little bougie for uh for the street that we lived on. I think it was uh what's it called putting on the airs. Putting on airs, yeah, yeah. I think it was one of those deals. I think uh I think somebody, my mom, always wanted to have the nicest house on right. on the street. They keep up with the Joneses, yeah, that that type of thing. So like, I wasn't allowed out of the house unless my shirts were like ironed or my right. my clothes were ironed like i couldn't go out of the house because i was a representation of of you know my parents mm-hmm. whether or not i look like uh pugsley adams didn't matter <laughs> right. it was it was the fact that i i had to go out you know looking presentable mm-hmm. you know you couldn't go out with with stains on your clothes or uh your hair messed up like i had to leave the house with my hair looking nice right i had a you know even though you always wore hats anyway well not not as much then um, I didn't, I started wearing hats uh, regularly. I think, or when I was in my early teens, I think. Yeah, I wore because I, I I used to do my hair a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my hair a lot when I was like you know nineteen. I think I care. I think I start caring a little bit more about my hair when I was nineteen. Right. Uh, you know, I I, I wore yeah, but I did wear ha- hats. I still wear hats. Um, that's why I went bald. Yeah, that's what makes you go bald. Yeah, hats. remember they used to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My uh, my grandmother would always be like, "No, don't wear a hat. It'll make you go bald." All right? How? But I don't. I it, I think it was like a causation thing because her two sons, my two uncles, are both going bald and they both wear hats a lot. Yeah, yeah, because they're going bald, so they're wearing a hat to cover it up. Right. Or, or, um, you could have three people. And uh, they all wear hats, and two of them go bald. Right. Why didn't the third one go bald? Because he wasn't genetically he wasn't, supposed to go bald. Right. That, now what, and also what they used to say was that, oh, it's it's from your mother's side. You'll, you'll have hair from your, you know, you your mother. You can be from either. Huh? You can be from either. Well, obviously, because my, my grandfather on my mother's side had a full head of hair. Full head of fucking hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad had thinning hair. Like, it, literally, I had the same hair as my dad. Right. So I got it from my dad, not my mom's side. Yeah, like, there's not a lot of baldness on my dad's side, so that's probably where I, like, because I'm not really going bald. Um, So that's probably, like... Maybe it's more, maybe you get it more from your dad's side than, than your mom's side. That's what I mean, yeah. Then yeah. again, then again, my then, dad... Then again, my, it's just us two. So. My dad was balding, and my dad's dad had a full head of hair. Yeah, you never know. It's, it and, seems like it's a crapshoot. Yeah, so, anyway. Anyway, uh, what John wound up doing is he became an ornithologist. He was oh, really into birds. He was orny. Uh, <laughs> he was very orny. He was ornery too. Yeah. Uh, your mom used to love saying ornery. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he he discovered many, like dozens of different species of bird. Even like when he was doing the fox catcher stuff, he called himself Golden Eagle. Like that was his nickname. He was even on his jacket. Like everybody would call him Eagle instead of John. Right. It's kind of badass. Yeah. 
1957, he founded the Delaware Museum of Natural History. And he also was a stamp collector. He had one at one point. He had one of the most valuable stamp collections in the world. Oh wow! Even when he was in prison, spoiler alert: he goes to prison later. Um, he still had a. He was still buying stamps, even though he couldn't have them in prison. And even with all these other interests and hobbies, athletics were never far from his heart. And that's when he set up athletic facilities for swimming and pentathlon on Foxcatcher Farm. Aren't they a, a band that does a lot of covers? Swimming in pentathlon? That's pentatonics. I don't even know them. Hmm. Uh, but John's foray in uh, in the sports in the in the mid nineteen eighties, it had come into something brand new. He had a love now for wrestling, and his first steps into wrestling. And I'm, we're talking obviously amateur wrestling, Olympic style wrestling, not WWE. We're talking about Greco Roman and freestyle. I think mainly freestyle wrestling. And and John's foray in the wrestling began with him attempting to revive the wrestling team for his old alma mater, Villanova. And this is where Mark and Dave Schultz enter the picture. And John offered both Mark and Dave Schultz coaching positions at the University of Villanova for the wrestling team he was trying to get off the ground. He first asked Dave, because Dave was this very famous amateur wrestler. Dave said no. But he recommended Mark, and then Mark accepted the job and moved to Pennsylvania and wound up coaching as an assistant for the Villanova team. And by the time that Mark and Dave were both approached by John DuPont in 1986, they were already American wrestling royalty. They had actually become the first, and to this day, the only pair of American brothers that won Olympic gold medals in the same year. But that should have a little asterisk next to it, because they won them in the 1984 Olympics in L.A., Right. And in the 80s and then even in the 70s, the Soviet Union, Russia, the USSR, they dominated wrestling. It's, uh, this reminds me of like these two guys should have came in and wrestled the fucking Steiners. <laughs> it would have been good. yeah, Dude, that would have been a sick match because the Steiners were fucking legit. The Schultz's, uh, they were slightly undersized. I think Dave wrestled at like 75 kilograms, which is like. Scotty, seventy four pounds. They said Scotty always wrestled like three uh, sizes, three weight classes under Rick. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. yeah. He wrestled three. Like I think it was something like three weight classes under Rick. I know Dan Severn, the famous um, MMA fighter, when he was a wrestler in high school and even in early college, he would wrestle in higher weight classes because he wanted the tougher competition and it's made him stronger. But neither here nor there with uh, with. The 84 Olympics, one of the reasons they did oh, so well. Uh, it's there. It's there. Yeah. With the 84 Olympics, the, so the Soviet Union boycotted because they were in America and because we boycotted the 1980 Olympics. So right. it was a lot easier for them to win Olympic gold without the Russians going, going up against them. And Mark would go on to win two world titles in 1985 and 1987. Dave would win the World, Club, world Cup in his weight class four times between 1980 and 1995. God, do you think uh, he would fill it with with pudding if he was at the super bar possibly mm. or maybe um God, that's why i want to that's why i personally want to play hockey win the stanley cup just to fill up the the stanley cup with pudding yeah god yeah i, I love i love pudding butterscotch is my favorite but really the way. oh god oh my god i love love butterscotch. Like chocolate chocolate's probably my favorite I, dude, I'll, I'll 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 fuck i know i, I like i fucks with chocolate or vanilla i know i know one that i like that you don't uh, don't say it let's just finish this fucking show <laughs> I shouldn't bring up rice pudding. Uh, it's like fucking. It's like slurping on a miscarriage. Ew. 
It's kind of like like it, it's it's ch- it's like a fucking like chunky baby like dead baby toes. Yeah. yeah, like like she miscarries and then you're fucking you're eating that and then you're eating a little fucking toes. But like a super fleshy one is when you drink uh pulled like, orange juice. Yeah, that's like super and fleshy. And with rice pudding and you just alternate. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself because this is cheese. disgusting. This is disgusting. Okay. And, and some believe that John Dupont's patronage of wrestling was an act of rebellion. His wealthy family saw wrestling as a lower-class sport and not something someone of John DePon's standing should be involved with. And it was really... He didn't get full bore into it until after his mother died in 1988. It, it, his... Just think of, like, the... I guess the dynamic between him and his mom. Mm-hmm. If you went back and you watched Dobie Gillis, there's a character on there. Um. Oh, God. Now the name is escaping me. Um, it just, it just reminds me so much of, of, uh, Chatsworth Osborne uh, and his mom on the show. Mm-hmm. Just like that type of like, like, like I could just imagine like Chatsworth's mom saying like, oh, you're too good for like, that. you're it's, it's beneath you. Right. You know, like to do that. And that's probably what it would be like with that. Cause it, because that's what it was. It was, it was probably a play on that type of fucking like. That lifestyle. Yeah, there's so many people like that. Yeah, it's just like you're you're noble. You're not supposed to do these. Like in in a lot of uh, countries, it's it's pronounced Nobel. By Nobel, (laughs) you're a Nobel. Here's a prize. In a lot of countries where soccer is a a big thing, soccer is more of like the common person's game, and rugby is more like elite. And right, which which is funny because it's more ruffian thing. Like you think that they won't want to get their like because like the king's games would be um oh god what is it like not croquet what's what's the fucking polo no not polo it's the one that henry the eighth would play i'm pretty sure he did polo too but um no they like it's the thing with the ball they have like a room it's kind of like a tennis game um i don't know whatever racquetball squash (laughs) sure um it's it's just so weird what's like what what you know because some people don't want to break a sweat some rich people don't want to break a sweat right you know? uh so you figure rugby would be too rough like too savage yeah you know for for some people that's strange it's funny though yeah it is but yeah with with uh mrs dupont passing uh john started breaking ground on team fox catchers headquarters it's a, a giant state-of-the-art private wrestling facility and club some of the best facilities in the world and he built it right on the grounds of the family estate. At that point, Mark Schultz had been fired from the Villanova coaching staff because he had hosted a party where underage wrestlers were there and alcohol was being served. And the Villanova program didn't last long anyway. One of the big re- it only lasted two years. Uh, by '88, the Villanova wrestling program was folding. One of the reasons was uh, Andre Metzger, another one of the assistant coaches in Villanova, accused John Dupont of making improper sexual advances toward him. It Any relation to Guy Metzger? I don't. I don't know. I don't or believe is it so. Guy Metzger, Guy, right? I think it was Guy. And it wasn't known for sure that John Dupont was gay, but some wrestlers suspected such. Absolutely. Uh, Dupont liked to wrestle with members of the team, and Mark Schultz said he would do something that they called the Fox Catcher Five, where he would grab another wrestler by the balls with his five fingers. Although some people say 
he was asexual. Like people aren't sure if he was gay or not. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's debatable. And um, Dupont was actually married once to a woman in 1983, but it was quickly annulled. And his former wife claimed that Dupont tried to strangle her, tried to push her into a fireplace, hmm. and tried to shove her out of a moving car. Okay. All within a month. So that that didn't last long. But after, uh, back to Mark Schultz, after the coaching gig at Villanova ended, Mark moved on to the Foxcatcher estate at John's invitation. And Mark and John just didn't hit it off. They didn't really click. Mark had gone there because it was one of the few places in the country in the mid-80s where people could get paid to wrestle but John would always want to wrestle with the, the guys that were wrestling there. He always would interject. Um, and it graded on Mark. Mark um, wanted just a, um, uh, he wanted to make like a shirt that said, leave me alone. It's like, shut up and leave me alone uh, to see if John would get the hint. And he, he just basically thought John was an entitled egomaniac. And he wound up, Mark Schultz wound up leaving Foxcatcher in 1988 and he actually left wrestling at that point. He had uh, finished sixth in the 1980 Olympics in, uh, in Seoul, South Korea. And he moved away from being an active wrestler. And he wound up getting into coaching wrestling. He, he actually became a Mormon. And he was the head coach in BYU for a while. Oh, wow. And when Mark le- shortly after Mark left, Dave came on. And Dave Schultz was uh, there when the state-of-the-art wrestling facility that was Team Foxcatcher headquarters opened in 1989. Dave was kind of a big drawing card. He had such a huge reputation. He had been around for a long time now. He was a gold medalist. Everybody loved him. And he was instrumental in drawing a lot of the top talent from all around the country who were paid to come live on Foxcatcher Farm and train there. They were paid pretty much the same salary someone would go to a college and coach wrestling for, except they weren't coaching, they were training. And this was a way to kind of bridge that gap. Between, because the U.S. was kind of the second best wrestling country, but they couldn't catch the USSR because the USSR was communist and nobody people just did what the government told them to do. The, okay, you're a wrestler. Go wrestle. He, in the United States, people couldn't afford to just wrestle. They had to coach. They had to, After a certain age, they had to stop wrestling, usually not that far out of college because they had to do something else to pay the bills. And with this, you had these top guys, these top world-class wrestlers who could train and be paid a living wage and have a free house while they're training. And, and Dave was a little different. Like, most wrestlers are intense. Most wrestlers are just alpha males. You have to be because you have to train so hard. Or you have to make so many sacrifices. And, and Dave did that. He trained like a maniac. Uh, that's why he was so good. But he was also very laid back. They called him almost like the hippie wrestler. And and if you watch the, the documentary Team Foxcatcher on Netflix, you can just see that because they have a lot of, like, home video and stuff. Dave Schultz is just a super laid back guy, very hu- good humored. There's this whole thing. He's like, "What are your plans?" He's like, "I plan to, you know, work, train here, uh, build this up." I, I'm paraphrasing. I remember the exact thing. He's like, "And then I, I plan to go to the Olympics and win gold again." He's like, "And then I'm gonna quit before all my hair falls out." Because he was going, he was right, going yeah. very bald. Yeah, it's like he was one of those guys where all the hair fell off his head, landed on his body. If you look at old pictures of him. Yeah. But you could just see, like, he just seemed like a really genuinely good guy. And he was one of the guys that really took a liking to John DuPont. Like, how his brother Mark and John DuPont didn't hit it off. Dave seemed to be the closest thing that John DuPont ever had to a real friend. He would always check in on him. He would always ask, like, he was always, like, other people you could see, like, oh, they're really just kind of using him for his money. He seemed to genuinely be friendly with the guy. Uh, Dave, his wife, and their two children would spend Christmases with John 
He encouraged other wrestlers to be welcoming to John. Like he tried to help him open up. And um he earned a reputation just for doing that with anybody. Like he was one of those people where like hundreds of people, and you could see this at his funeral and his the big public service he had for him. Hundreds of people could point to Dave Schultz as being one of their best friends. <clears throat> when I watched that, um, when I watched both of them, the, the movie and the documentary, I got sad, dude, because I'm yeah. like, this dude just seemed like a genuinely good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Mark Ruffalo did a a really good job. I think he's an excellent actor. Making you feel for that character. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, you kind of feel bad for John DuPont, it's too. It's a tragic story all around. Right, right. You, you feel bad for him. And, you know, and... and, But... Yeah. It's, 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 it's sad all around. I, I remember when all this shit happened, too. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I remember... We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll bring it up when we when sure. we get to it. Um, sure. But another thing Dave Schultz did, just as an example, uh, a lot of big wrestling competitions were in either the USSR itself or countries under the Soviet Union or Russian-speaking countries. He actually learned Russian so he could be closer to the wrestlers in the USSR. And he could get like tips from them and like talk to their coaches and everything. And uh, eventually, part of that was Dave persuaded a guy named Valentin Yordanov, who was a very decorated wrestler who wound up winning Olympic gold and won seven world championships uh, in the 52-kilogram weight class. He wound up persuading him to leave his home country in Bulgaria and come to Foxcatcher. And part of the deal for the wrestlers who trained under DuPont's roof was training with DuPont. As I kind of mentioned earlier, DuPont was not a natural athlete, but he always fancied himself as being an athlete. As a young man, he wanted to be in the Olympics. That was like his big dream. And he could already shoot. He was a hunter. So he thought about doing the pentathlon. That's an Olympic event where it's shooting, swimming, running, fencing, and um, something else. I forget the other part. Because in my notes, I wrote swimming twice. (laughs) There's another part of it. Oh, uh, shooting, swimming, running, fencing, and... uh, Horse jumping, like equestrian. Okay. And despite bringing in high-class trainers and uh, just having the best of the best trying to mold him into an Olympian, John finished second to last in the 1968 Olympic trials. So that, that, that was his Olympic dream kind of up in smoke. And he also struggled in Masters wrestling events, which are like 50-plus 50 po- 50 wrestling right, events yeah. around the world. Yeah, for the old for the old people. Yeah. yeah, so what they wound up doing is he wound up starting his own tournament in uh, the Philadelphia area. And unbeknownst to John, they would uh, pay off the other wrestlers to let John win, and he wound up winning these Masters championships. Yeah, and he thought, he thought that he had something. He did, like, because when these, like, a lot of the wrestlers that would wrestle with him in Fox, Team Foxcatcher, and these are world-class wrestlers that are young Olympians, like Olympic caliber wrestlers, would kind of let him get, like, not win, but let him kind of get a little offense on yeah. him, I guess you could say. Right. Let it be competitive. And so he's like, yeah, I'm pretty good. And then, yeah, he would win these, too. And he, he believed a lot of it, yeah. But by the mid-90s, and some people say, like, they knew him really closely, around the time his mom died, so even before that. But definitely by the mid-90s, John's mental state started showing signs of fragility. He had begun to film the woods around his estate for hours, and then he would look over the footage for things that looked out of place, like just trying to see things moving in the in the uh, in the woods. He had an idea that his father put mechanical trees out there or that some of the deer were mechanical deer or people dressed as deer. 
And he would ask the wrestlers if they thought that was the case, and sometimes he would agree with them. Yeah, it is. Doesn't do you think it looks like that? Because people would enable him and, and not be like, no, no, that's not what it is, John. Because they're th- they're they afraid did... that he's going to say, okay, you're out. Yeah, that or you see it today. People just kiss ass and they go along with things because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Like they think you're a little goofy, right? You know, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, oh, oh definitely, yeah, because they, right. I, I hate that, but but then sometimes John would be like, "Hey, do you think that deer's a guy in a deer suit?" And they'd be like, "Yeah," like, "No, it's not." Like, yeah, I guess he was like, "I don't know if he was trying to test them or what," but but yeah, he um he had some some strange things like that. And another weird act, he once drove one of his cars right into a pond. Yeah, and then he got a loner car, it was John like a, Dupond, <laughs> Dupond, uh, and then he got a loaner car, which was, and it was an expensive car, it was like a Lincoln, and he drove the loner car right into the pond too, and I think he had someone in it. While he was doing it, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think was it a girl? I don't know if it was a girl. It's it's been a while since, uh, you know, like n- none of this. I think is it was fresh. either a girl or it was like an executive from like USA Wrestling, something like that, or a reporter, right? And he started carrying a gun with him everywhere he went. He started saying his horses were sending him messages from Mars. So obviously, his mental state is not one hundred percent where it should I be. I mean, we don't know that, or yeah, maybe he's. Maybe, maybe he, yeah, like I, maybe it's sort of you know how people say like uh, special needs people or babies are more in tune with other things than we are, right? Uh, you know, maybe he's just on a higher plane than you know, or maybe he was mentally ill, or maybe he's just on a higher plane. Okay, One let's, other, let's yeah. keep our options open. Yeah, well, there's options. Yeah, and, and and John was also well connected with law enforcement in the area. They, uh, I think, one of the Newtown Square police actually lived on Foxcatcher Farm. And even the ones that didn't live there were frequently allowed access to Foxcatcher's private property to hunt. And they looked the other way, in exchange for that, they would look the other way because John would like to take shots at deer and birds from his car. You're not allowed to hunt from your car. And it was basically, he could kind of do whatever he wanted and nobody said anything. It was, the Foxcatcher farm was his kingdom to the point where people noticed that and the, the, op- the thing where you come in, the main entrance to Foxcatcher farm... The foxcatcher flag flew higher than the American flag. Yeah, that's that's fucking crazy. <laughs> and one of the major, major, major warning signs that John's mental state was deteriorating fast was an obsession he took on regarding the color black. He uh, saw black as an ill omen, and he wanted anything black removed from his farm. Some wrestlers are uh, forced to paint or get rid of their black cars. And worst of all, in the spring of 1995, DuPont kicked out the three black wrestlers, the African-American wrestlers. Uh, he kicked them out because they were black. Right. And I guess he told them, like, Foxcatcher was run by the KKK or something. Uh, but the real reason was he thought black was an like an evil omen, and he got rid of all three black wrestlers, including an, uh, Kevin Jackson, who was a reigning Olympic gold medalist. So he's not even racist at this point. He's just crazy. Right. It's racist. Not, well, yeah, it's racist. He's literally. No, I said, cra- I said racist. Cr- racist. There you go, yeah. He's. Yeah. It's I mean, it's it's a it's a it's racism, but not like I don't like you because you're black. He it's it's I like. No, it is. I don't like it because you're literally because you're black. And I think that color is bad. Right. You're you might be a good person. Sorry. Right. Sorry. But. I think that's still kind of racist but i don't think it's racist because i think it's it's crazy and it, like it's oh it, it's certainly crazy right but I, I don't i think i think racism is like going back to the conversation we had earlier um 
I think racism is like you're you're not crazy. You're coming from well, I mean, is racism itself crazy? I guess yes. But um but but I think I think that he he's just not like it's 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 like uh okay, like when we used to play SOCOM years ago. Right. And that one dude wouldn't play anymore. Because I said that I was wearing a fucking Red Sox hat. Right. Yeah. Such Do you a remember big that? Because he was a yeah. huge Yankees fan. And I would piss him off and be like, just to let you know right now, I'm your teammate. And I'm also wearing a Boston Red Sox hat. Yeah. And I would piss him off it's so, so silly. I, and he would get so mad. He'd be like, yo, I can't fucking play. And then he would leave. And then they would be like, yo, why are you telling him that? I'm like, because well, he's a child. Mm-hmm. Like, because uh, a fucking adult. Because how old was I at that point? 23. Fucking three, twenty yeah, four, twenty four. Yeah, like, like I'm, and he's like my age or a little bit older, and he's like, yo, I can't play with this dude if he's fucking wearing a Boston hat. Like, crazy. Are you serious? So, is it, like maybe it's something like that. Like they just take it that serious. So he's yeah. convinced that black is bad. You know, regardless. Like, do you see it? You see it with with people who be like, yo, look up the Edomites. Look up the Edomites. Yo, read the, yo, G, read that shit about the Edomites. I don't know what the Edomites are. Right, exactly. And then, you know, and then it's, it's it becomes this racial thing where black people hate white people. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, it, it's, it's part of mental illness. It becomes like, like you just become so like you're, you're, you're convinced that the white man is the devil and, you know, and this thing, or you're convinced that these uh signs really do things right you know like there, like there's somebody going on earlier about uh mayan times and may- maybe maybe they got the year wrong and this is this is the year and things are i'm like oh my god why i think they understand how this whole coronavirus thing works like it's not going to wipe out the species we're going to get herd immunity eventually in the worst case scenario like the absolute worst case scenario and you don't want this to happen like well, the absolute worst case scenario would be um let's see how many people are in the world like six billion seven billion a couple hundred million people would die and that is horrible and we're doing everything we can to stop it but life would go on well they were like this person's like you know going on about well we haven't seen anything like this since the black plague and somebody's like dude a hundred years ago we yeah fucking had spanish flu it happens pretty bad this happened actually just a few years ago we had uh sars and we had right bird flu we just did a better job of containing right we contained it then yeah we contained it then because somebody didn't fire the fucking cdc response team yeah right like the one you would be like if if there was ever a widespread ebola outbreak that would be scary because ebola has like a 50 percent kill rate and that shit's around yeah that's just around but it's being contained right they're taking care of it you're, the, 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 there's precautionary measures that are uh, being take, uh, mm-hmm. taken. And you, God, man, why the fuck don't people get it? Like, that's the panic. That's the irrational right. fear that people are talking about is when you start saying, you know, oh, look, because like even Hulk Hogan sharing things. Look, look at this Bible verse that starts talking about this thing and that thing. And yeah. it's like, you fuck it. Come on, dude. Come on, stop with the fucking religious shit. This this isn't a sign of end times. This is a sign of stupidity. Right. Because somebody didn't of, fucking handle shit right. There's a pandemic. China didn't handle shit, and then a lot of other countries didn't right. do. Right. We we weren't fucking prepared for it, and now I think we'll be prepared for it. If Hopefully. It, yeah. You would hope. Ho- you'd hope. Right. Yeah. You'd hope. you'd hope people would learn their lesson this time. Uh, and 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 back to the Dupont story. In, in retrospect, team uh, former members of Team Foxcatcher have mentioned that, yeah, maybe we should have 
all quit in solidarity when he kicked out the black wrestlers. Yeah. And I think nowadays people would obviously would if somebody did this would be like, okay, you're blackballed. But see, this is why I think that it's more mental illness than racism. Right. Because he he used he's like, no, it's run by the KKK. That was his cover story. That's his cover. That's yeah. how bad you know he's yeah. gone. He's mentally gone. It's like, look, I don't want them to know how bad that just the color black is. I'm gonna make them think I'm a KKK member. That that's why I think right. it's complete crazy. Like like he lost his fucking marbles, and not that he's just legit racist. And even like the USA wrestling people have said, yeah, we probably should have like severed our ties with the pond at oh, this yeah. point. Absolutely. But they didn't want to give up the the four hundred thousand dollars a year he was given. I think that if he was if he was legit racist, he wouldn't have let them in to begin with. Yeah, yeah, I I, I understand that. Yeah, you you know what I mean. Like like I think it would have been one of those like. Because there, there are different levels of racism. Like, you see... you see. Like, I think what he did was racist, but his motive for doing the racist thing was that he's crazy. Yes. I think I think if you're looking at the act, the act is definitely a racist oh, act. Of course, because you're getting rid of black people. Just because they're black. But I think that he's crazy, and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and he doesn't understand how that affects other people. And and this becomes a point of contention later. And, mm. uh, and more and more, Dave Schultz... Uh, who again? I'm, I'm not justifying racism either. By the way, people, I'm not justifying racism. I'm just. I think sometimes when you when you when something happens, you need to put yourself in the other person's shoes and try to try to figure out why. This is the, that's the best way. Listen to what I'm saying. This is the best way you stop things like that. This is how you st- you have to put yourself in the mind of a murderer. You have to put yourself in the mind of a rapist. You have to put yourself in the mind of a molester. You have to put yourself in the mind of a thief you know, uh, of a racist, of whatever. You you can't just say, shame on you, you're bad, you're awful. Yeah, you can, but but you can't just say that. You need to understand, you know, if we want shit like that to stop. Like if we want if we want kids to, to stop growing up and being fucking crazy people, we probably need to stop beating them. Right? Right. We need to understand that. We need we need to understand that, and and you know it's it's about education, but you need to fucking kind of get, get in the mind of these people too. So I don't think that it's I I think that this dude's just he's bonkers at this point. Not just a normal guy. Obviously, we know he's not a normal fucking dude walking around. It's just like nah, fucking I don't like black people. And I remember what they'd always say back then, and and you hear about this with any wealthy family or powerful family, they always say, oh yeah, it's because the ponds were inbreeding. You would always hear yep. that. You would yep. always yes. hear that back yes, then. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And and that's obviously just something that's complete speculation, complete hearsay, but you would always hear that. Yeah. Just like you hear about the royal family, just like you hear about it with anybody, like the Kennedys. You're like, yeah, it's because they wanted to keep all their money, so they were inbreeding. I I, I don't... I I mean, I don't doubt it. Yeah. But, um, but whatever it wound up being, uh, what happened is here, more and more, Dave Schultz was becoming the target of DuPont Sire. He had soured on Dave. And part of DuPont's delusions involved him believing that people, usually Schultz, were accessing his home through underground tunnels and they were hiding in his walls and spying on him and everything. And and this was made worse by heavy alcohol and drug use. It only made his paranoia worse. And, that start, and then he started going long stretches without sleeping because he started getting really into cocaine. Apparently, that Mark Schultz told a story when he was there. This is before Dave was ever there. This is in the mid-80s. Of being in one of John's offices, and John opens a drawer, and there's a big pack of cocaine in there that just says police on it. Because <laughs> he was so tight with the police departments around there that he would just get he would get cocaine from their evidence locker. 
Oh, it's another one of those things where if you're rich, you don't have to pay for shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, just get it for I never, I never, I never, probably bought it. I never understood. No, but I, I just never understood. I never understood that where, all right, you're poor. You don't get shit, mm-hmm. but you're rich. All of a sudden now, oh, you get this deal. Oh, you get free sneakers. We call, oh, you get free meals. They get comped. Uh, uh, for example, David Benoit. Right. Right. Chris Benoit's son. Yes brags all the time i watch his i watch his live when he goes live on instagram brags all the time about uh how he can get into new japan for free you know he's like it's first come first serve but i don't have to pay for tickets i have to pay for my airplane ticket and i have to pay for a hotel but i get i get seats and i could get seats whenever i want right um and he talks about like aw he can get you know oh yeah i can get in there no problem he's got friends um but that's the, the thing is is that even if he didn't have uh, Jericho there, right? I think that they would let him in. I don't know about WWE, right? Right now, maybe because maybe with Natty, it's possible, yeah. But but anyway, when you have somebody like that, they just it's like they they're getting comped, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's fucking very strange that rich people are always getting free shit. And then and then and then they have the balls to turn around and talk about somebody, you know, low on a totem pole that's looking for a handout. Right. You <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Look, I'm not saying I wouldn't take the free fucking tickets. Right. I'm just saying, fine, do that, but like, but why are we giving sports people free fucking sneakers and free meals all the time and comping them? Like because that's part of the that's how you you keep that you keep the it's, rich it's rich marketing well it's marketing too because yeah. oh like they're doing it so people see them with it then they're going to want it too yeah but but it's, it's a good way to keep the rich rich and the poor poor absolutely that's yeah. that's what our system is in place to do and so the uh the whole thing kind of goes even on a higher level here where john DePon had areas around the listener hall dug up because he was looking for tunnels under the under his big house to yeah. see if people were coming in to see if Dave Schultz was sneaking into his wall so he could spy on him I guess part of the tension between DuPont and Dave Schultz centered around Valentin Yordanov and uh, he was like we said earlier the champion Bulgarian wrestler that Dave had actually been instrumental in bringing over to Team Foxcatcher because they, they hit it off they were very good friends and he knew it would be great for the team since Dave spoke Russian and Valentin's English was very limited, the two grew very close and their families did too. Like in the Team Foxcatcher documentary, there's home movies of their kids playing together. Yeah. And the, like, I guess until like Valentin's house was ready, he lived with the Schultzes. So they were like extremely close. And this caused tension when John DuPont became very friendly. A lot of people say obsessed with Valentin. John not only sponsored Valentin, he wound up sponsoring the entire Bulgarian Olympic wrestling team. He started claiming that he was Bulgarian, like he had Bulgarian heritage, which everybody laughed at because everybody knew the Duponts were French. He was right. like, "Nope, I'm Bulgarian." <laughs> it's like it's like my grandfather um, always always claimed that he was German. Mm-hmm. He would cl- claim that he was German. Uh, now his last name was Oxenford, which, right. if you know the name, is a fucking English name. Um, he would say, "No, it was Oxenford. It was German, Oxenford." And uh, and then his mother was a Brennan, and he would say, "Ah, it wasn't Brennan; it was Brenneman. It was Brenneman. We were German." And uh, it's like, dude. So so I I did my DNA test. Right. I am as far as the latest uh, markers go. 
like they updated the DNA markers and everything. I I'm like 92 or 93% Irish and the rest is like English, Scottish, something like that. Right. Uh, so if I'm that much Irish, you're British Isles boy, right? But if I'm that much Irish mm-hmm. and then that little bit of like English or Scottish, or whatever, he's more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're getting a quarter of your DNA from him. He's more. Um, yeah. So obviously Oxford comes from the fucking English so maybe it could be way back. Maybe he only has a te- you know he has a teeny bit mm-hmm. of fucking English in him, uh, or maybe he has a lot because maybe that eight right. percent of yours is like thirty percent of his. Sure, does it work yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, then maybe he has that, but whatever. I only have eight percent. I have eight percent, and it might not even be English. It's Scottish, right, or English or. Northern Irish. And there's so much movement between all those places because they're so right, exactly. Anyway, who, who knows? Exactly. But but yeah. But my my point is, oh, he would he would say he would deny because he fucking hated the Irish. Ah, pig shit Irish. Right. And yet he married an Irish woman. Right. A fucking, as far as I know, 100 percent Irish. Right. My grandmother, 100 mm-hmm. percent Irish. She was a Morris Rowe. Morris Rowe is an Irish name. Sounds like it's English, but it's uh, it maybe of English origin originally. But it's an it's they're they're all from Ireland. Right, right. Fucking denied it. So when I hear about things like this with him claiming to be Bulgarian, it just reminds me of what my grandpa yeah. was doing, like you know, denying being right. Irish. Crazy. And this is all or, of a sudden, uh, yeah. And this is just all of a sudden that Dupont's doing this after this Bulgarian guy comes to the fox catcher and he takes a liking to him. Right. So that that's what's happening too. And Dave Schultz was seeing the signs that he should exit. It'd be funny if like a Korean guy came. Yeah, he's like, I'm Korean. I'm Korean. I'm fucking totally Korean. Yeah. Uh, and, and Dave Schultz was seeing the signs that maybe it was time to go, but he wanted to stay at Foxcatcher through the 96 Olympics. My name is John uh, Shin. <laughs> I'm part of the Shin family. The Dushins. <laughs> hey, ew. The Dushins. Dushins. The, uh, but, but Schultz wanted to stay at Foxcatcher through the 96 Olympics just to help out like and not let down all the wrestlers that train there. And one of the people he was like the principal trainer of and uh, was about to come the Foxcatcher was uh, the eventual Olympic gold medalist and eventual pro wrestling star, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was from Pennsylvania, from Western Pennsylvania. and By, he, by Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. And he was a standout college wrestler at Claren University. He was actually doing some training after school at Duquesne University, but he was planning on coming to Foxcatcher in late January, early February, to train for the Olympics in the early months of, of 1996. One of the things that happened, though, around this time, in January of 96, is you had that huge blizzard, the biggest blizzard in the history of Philadelphia, yeah. came through, like the, I think, the second week of 96. Yeah. And the, just the Philadelphia was crippled under three feet of snow. Oh, my God. I remember it. I remember it well, yeah. School was closed for an entire week. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we haven't had anything like that since. We've had big snowstorms, but... This was the biggest ever. Uh, I was joking because we had the yeah. coronavirus now and schools, oh, yeah. schools are schools closed. Are closed forever now. Yeah. They'll uh, never open up again. <laughs> uh, but And, and it, it's not to say that, that, that Dave was Dave Schultz was the only target of John's delusional anger. There was another wrestler named, there named Dan Shade, and he got on John's bad side because he complained about, like, he, he wasn't getting the same, like, housing and amenities he was promised when, uh, when he had uh, agreed to move there. And John responded to this by parking a U-Haul in front of Dan Shade's house. And when that didn't work, John had someone burn the house across the street from Dan's down. Because I guess he just wanted Dan Shade out. 
And finally, Dan Shade is working out in the weight room, and John comes up to him, pushes an automatic weapon right into his chest, and says, get the fuck off my farm. Well, there you go. So Dan Shea got the fuck off the farm. Good. He should have. He, and he used the U-Haul, too. And shortly after that, a drunken, armed John DuPont came to Dave Schultz's house on the farm. And when he did, Dave was like, you're not coming in here like this. So he took the gun from him. Like, DuPont actually gave Dave Schultz's gun. And at some point shortly after that, DuPont passed out and hit his head. When he came to, he was convinced that Dan Shea had come back onto the farm and hit him with a baseball bat. And Dan Shea was nowhere near Pennsylvania at this time. Right. And nobody could travel because of the snow. And, and the coronavirus. And, and yeah, the snowvirus. Yeah. And, and Dave Schultz tried to assure DuPont that, that that didn't happen. Like, Dan Shea didn't hit you. You fell. I saw you fall. And so John didn't believe him. And this was probably the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, a few days later, on January 26, 1996, Dave and, his wife's Nance, Dave and his wife Nancy noticed that John was driving up to his house. They came out to greet him, and John DuPont pulls up to the house, gets out of the car, and shoots Dave with a, uh, with a 44 Magnum handgun. And when Nancy was like freaking out, like, what did you do? What did you do? Uh, he, pulled the gu- he pointed the gun at her, and she ran in the house to call 911, and then he shot Dave two more times, point blank. And then he got in the car and drove off. Dave Schultz died at the scene. He was only 36. Yeah. And uh, from there, and this is what you remember and I remember, a standoff ensued. Uh, DuPont holed himself up in Lister Hall, and the FBI tried to come to a peaceful resolution. They didn't just storm there to try to get him. I guess they were afraid he was going to kill himself or shoot at the police or whatever. But there was a standoff. And this is where I really remember he- uh, this case, because at this time, I remember going to WWF Wrestling it was a show right on, like, the afternoon of Super Bowl Sunday. I remember going with my uncle and us driving to the, to the Philadelphia Spectrum talking about the John DuPont thing because it was, like, all that was on the news. I didn't go, did I? I don't think so. This was just, like, a house show. Oh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, that's, like, all we were talking about. It might have been the uh, the new building, too. It might have been the... No, I think it was still the Spectrum. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, um, I think it was, like, Bret Hart and Diesel in a cage match or something. And... Um, See, I, I, I still remember that because all the news was about John DuPont. John I'm, a little, I'm a little upset that I didn't go because uh, I was a big Diesel fan at the time. I wanted the Diesel glove. You did. That's Do you right. remember that? I wanted yeah. to touch gloves with Diesel. Yeah, because he would only he would only like bump fists with people who had the glove. I think he bumped fists with everybody. Yeah. But he at that point, he was a tweener and he was about to turn heel. At that point, he probably wouldn't have done it with anybody. What a piece of shit. I got to meet him anyway, though. Yeah, we did. I got, yeah. I got to meet him and... Uh, Years, man, I fucking wish I, I should have been like, I should have brought a fucking diesel glove. <laughs> like, been, can you, can we, we, we didn't know going there. We were going to be like getting a picture with Kevin Nash. No, 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 we didn't. But but had I known, yeah, if I would have known like ahead of time, I would have fucking definitely got just like a black fingerless glove, mm-hmm. like a leather glove and be like, touch gloves, diesel. And then your youngest son was held by J.E. <laughs> Double F. Well, he, yeah, he was held by Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, Jeff is holding him in the picture. And then uh, Kevin Nash is is massaging my oldest son's shoulders. Ew. Not like that. Oh. Yeah. No, he wasn't. He, he, he wasn't John DuPonting him. No, he, was, he seemed like a, a nice guy. He didn't do the, what was it called? The Fox Five? <laughs> Fox, the Fox Catcher Five? Fox Catcher Five. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, So days went by with this standoff, and it was, like, all over the news, especially locally. And the police finally made a decision that they were going to cut off the heat to the building. Because it's it's January, it's cold, and so they cut off the heat there. 
And DuPont calls up because they've been talking back and forth with DuPont. DuPont was talking to his lawyer and stuff. He had asked to talk to his lawyer. And he calls up the police officer in charge of the scene there. And he's like, can I go out and and turn on the boilers to get the heat going? It's cold in here. And the officer said, are you going to come out armed? And he's like, no. And they're like, they're, I'm sure they're like, like what the fuck? Is it going to be this easy? And like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead out. And so John DuPont goes out to uh to to go uh turn on the boilers which are in another building. He emerges from the house in his Team Bulgaria wrestling jacket which is mostly black. Apparently now it's okay cuz of the Bulgaria jacket. Right. Um and as he comes out, he was chased and tackled by a police officer who had been hiding in a bush. So they they never said they weren't going to go after him when he came out. And this whole time, he thought Dave was hiding in a fucking yeah. a Meanwhile, bush. Meanwhile, like cops hiding in the bush. Meanwhile, yeah. But yeah. even though they have him now, convicting John DuPont of murder is not going to be an easy task. No one was disputing that he had shot Dave Schultz. Everybody knew it. Because uh, he had a bodyguard with him, too, that didn't even know he was an armed and definitely didn't know he was going to shoot Dave Schultz. But now he's like, yeah, there's two eyewitnesses. And, uh, and, and obviously, everybody knows he did it. But it seemed like his high-priced, high-powered legal team would have a slam dunk plea for not guilty by reason of insanity. And, um, because he seems pretty insane. He seems pretty insane to me. Right. And they made every effort to make DuPont look insane. Uh, once he was in jail, like when he killed Dave Schultz, he had a short hair, he a clean shaven, he just let his beard grow out, he let his hair grow out. They started bringing him into the wheelchair, and his hair was like super long. Uh, everything just looked very disheveled. When they would ask him his name, he would say it was he was the Dalai Lama. Sometimes you say it was Jesus Christ. Sometimes he would say he was the president of the Soviet Union. And I always remember the Dalai Lama one because there was some guy uh, either on TV or on the radio in Philadelphia at the time who would say he would because the main arena for they did a wrestling there, but they then when the wrestling team left, they did basketball there. The main indoor arena in Villanova University is called it was called the Dupont Pavilion. It was literally the John E. DuPont Pavilion. And then they just called it the Pavilion. And now, like, some other person who paid a lot of money to renovate it, it's called, like, the something else Pavilion. Like, the, the, um, I forget the name of the guy. But he was just, like, a businessman who gave him a lot of money. But this, one of the people in, uh, uh, like, sports media in Philly would call it the Dalai Lama Pavilion. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that, that, he's doing everything he can to make himself look as crazy as possible, basically. Yeah. And Patricia Jenkins, the Delaware County judge that was put in charge of DuPont's pretrial hearings, declared him mentally unfit to stand trial and ordered him remanded to a psychiatric facility to be checked for competency every 30 days. It was nearly a year before John was ruled competent enough to stand trial. The prosecutors pointed to the fact that John tried to hole up in his house. Like, if he didn't know what he did was wrong, why did he hide? Why did he, like, because the whole thing is like, if you to be not guilty of reason of insanity, you have to not know what you did was wrong. You you have to think you didn't do anything wrong. Why did he hide? Why was is he asking that, to call but, his lawyer? But is it that like, like clear cut or whatever the is it cut and dry? What's the what's the fucking cut and dry? Cut and dry. Yeah. Is it though? Like, is it is it that? Because I, I sometimes I get my idioms. Uh, right, well, and, and it's not because that's why we have juries like they're saying okay well maybe then he realized what he did was wrong but when he did it he but when he know. did it he was fucking going right. through so like he was you know just going through some crazy yeah you can snap right and do some crazy shit and then snap out of it right uh, and uh, some people you know what it is it's, it's like what it's 
some people don't understand anxiety or they don't understand panic attacks or they don't understand whatever. Like you, you just be, you know, well, look, just, you just have to, you know, put on your big boy pants and just fucking move on. It's like, it doesn't work like that sometimes, you know? So mm-hmm. sometimes people, their, their brains aren't working like your fucking brain. Like it's just not working the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a, a chance that, that this guy went fucking nuts. Right. And snapped out of it and was like, well, I better fucking, uh, yeah, I better hide. Yeah. Holy shit. And, and what the jury wound up settling on was a compromise verdict, a uh, verdict of sorts. Now, hold on. Now, what, what if, what if he, what, what if he, what if he does this? He kills mm-hmm. this dude and is like, oh shit, I'm going to go to jail. But then he's sitting there talking to himself and like fucking rocking back and forth and like talking to himself because he's fucking crazy. Right. But are you not like, are there not allowed to be levels of, of fucking craziness? You know what I mean, right? But and and the, and the big question is how crazy gets you off. Like how crazy means you don't absolutely go to jail. Absolutely. Like I mean, I, I like he should never even if he live, you know, uh, he dies. Whatever. We'll, we'll but, get to that. But what I'm saying is is that he should have always. He should never. There should have never been a chance for him to ever get out. This is the, this well, the departure from what I was saying last yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, he and, and, and if he would have been found not guilty, he would have been put in a psychiatric facility, and when they said he wasn't a danger to anybody, they would have let him out. Like That's what would have happened. Yeah. But he wasn't found not guilty. He was found guilty but mentally ill. And that's that was a kind of a new verdict that only was in certain states, Pennsylvania being one of them, even though Pennsylvania's a commonwealth. And it was basically established after John Hinckley tried to kill Ronald Reagan. That you could be found guilty but mentally ill, and I think it diminished the punishment. Like, I believe in Pennsylvania, the maximum sentence for third-degree murder, which is what John Agree- John DuPont was convicted of, third-degree murder, and simple assault. How can <laughs> it be considered third-degree when he when it was fucking premeditated? I don't know. That's that's what they charged him with. It had to be his money, then. It had to be, yeah. It had to be his money. It had to be his connections, because it's fucking premeditated. Right, that was, yeah. And he wound up being sentenced to 13 to 30 years in prison, and then three to six months for the assault charge, which was alongside of it, so it didn't really matter. He is, to this day, the only person to be convicted of murder while being listed by Forbes magazine as one of the 400 richest people in the world. Wow. A little bit of trivia there. And uh, moving forward, John was denied parole twice, and he had a third parole hearing coming up in the spring of 2011, but before that could happen, he was found dead in his prison cell at SCI Laurel Highlands in uh, on the, December 9th, 2010. Again, when we were talking about last uh, last episode, that's where I. Reinhorn is. And that's where Jerry Sandusky is. And it's a, basically a prison for older and more sickly. I don't know if he started there or not, but that's where he was when he died. He, I don't uh, know what December 9th is, but December 9th is sticking out for some reason. I know December 7th is Pearl Harbor. Yeah, my grandmother's birthday was like the 7th through the 8th. But no, there's something about December 9th. I don't know what it is. But uh, he had died of severe emphysema and COPD. It was what killed John DuPont. Per his wishes, he was buried in his red Foxcatcher wrestling singlet, and he left 80% of his remaining fortune to Valentin Yordanov, the Bulgarian wrestler. Got all of his money, basically. Uh, that was something that the Ponce relatives challenged, but they were unsuccessful in doing so. And uh, before this, way back in the 90s when the whole trial was going on, the Schultz family did sue for wrongful death, and they settled out of court for an undisclosed sum that was rumored to be at least $35 million. That's crazy. Which is a lot of money, but it doesn't bring 
doesn't bring your husband back. It doesn't bring your father back. Right. And uh, that's the tragic all-around story of John DuPont. Like, the body count's not big here, but you feel bad for everybody involved. In fact, what I think one of the most poignant things in that Team Foxcatcher documentary on Netflix at the very end, they talked to Dave Schultz's son and daughter. They're they're grown now. Yeah, I remember that. And his daughter, like his son, you could see was like still kind of angry. Like all these people say, he's talking about how all these people say how great my dad was, but I never got to know him. Uh, it's a shame. Like he's just like saying how like how awful that was. You're saying how they never really, uh, they they kind of got distant from Valentine Yordanov. But the daughter was saying how she felt bad when John DePont died because. She's like, everybody was sad when my dad died. It's mm-hmm. like, when he died, everybody was happy. Everybody was like, this is a, a, such a great thing. And she uh, felt bad. She, she's an empath. Uh, empath. Empath. Yeah. Empath. I can never say empath. Absolutely. That's 100% what she is. She's She felt she felt bad for him. She saw a sadness in him and was able to maybe maybe not forgive. Maybe she did forgive. I don't know. But she was able to to still feel that. And that that's the type of person that I aspire to be in life. And I'm being dead serious. That's a shoot, brother. Um. That's the person I always want to be. I always want to be the person that that's able to take the high road and always be forgiving and not accepting, not saying, well, because I think some people f- think that forgiving is saying that it's okay. Right. Like, should we ever forgive Hitler? Right. Um, what if you saw like an old sad man that that like sat there and reflect, like we talked about Hitler escaping. He did all that shit, you know, ah, blah, 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 blah. I he, think we may have cut that out. <laughs> Oh, we did? I believe we did, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, like, let's just say, but, because we, we went on this thing about Hitler escaping and going to Argentina. Yeah, it was, I think it was cut. I hit the cutting room floor, but but here's a little insight. We had this big conversation, but let's just let's keep it light and quick. Uh, could you ever forgive uh, an old Hitler that sat there as 100 years old, that sat there in a rocking chair, just, like, reflecting, like, what the fuck did I do? I did some really, like, awful fucking shit, and the answer for you is, no, no, you couldn't. It's Hitler, I, right? I, I can't forgive Hitler. Can't forgive Pol Pot. I think I'm more Jesus-like, uh, and I'm, I, I was raised to be forgiving, and um, I think everybody should be forgiven. I think that's just better. That makes you a better person to be able to forgive other people. Um, that, but I don't think it ever condones the action i'm not saying i'll I'll never say the killing anybody is right um but i but i i think i think everybody deserves forgiveness and you know maybe it's a little too hippie of me maybe it's a little too left but i think that because because i hope i hope that by forgiving it kind of kind of changes people's minds about things and it puts more positivity out in the world which creates less deaths was what the end game would be there for me that's what nice. i would hope that's uh, what i would hope that's what i would hope it's it's kind of like you know beating your children you know the the less we hit our kids right the less they're our, gonna grow up to hit their kids right yeah, and i think it's right and then you know because if you hit your kids you're like why well, that's what my dad did and i grew up and then yeah and you're also voting for fucking assholes and uh you wear red hats so fuck you and um uh just try to be a better person okay well, you just said fuck you. Yeah, because I don't like bad. You don't like bad? I don't like bad. Bad is bad? Bad is bad. It's good bad. No. Good's good? Good is good. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. All right. You know what else is good? No, no, I gotta go. Nope. We got one more thing. It's this. It's time for another game of who 
died. The worst. That's right, everybody. It's Who Died the Worst, everybody's favorite game. Except mine. It's not Who Died the Funniest. It's not Who Died the First. The name of the game? Who Died the Worst. And uh, for our new listeners, if there are any... Um, if you're still with us. If you're still with us. we, uh, we I'm going to give Jackson Wells... That's me. Three deaths. These are all 1996 deaths. I don't know them. I've never read them. That's not up on the... So we have a television that has all the notes in front of us that we look at across the room. Break it down the fourth wall. Uh, this is not on there. I have no idea what's be, what's about this, to be... This is on my phone that I'm looking at that you do not have access to here. I can't even see his phone. I mean, you I can, can. See it, but you can't see the sign. Well, I'm, side that has I'm, the I'm, I'm just not turning. And you're too far away. I'm not looking at him. We're, we're COVIDing. Uh, we're... If, uh, I don't think this is quite six feet of distance. No, it's not. But it's reasonable. we live in the, we live in the same house, and we've already both had coronavirus. So, all right, go ahead. Death number one. Death number one. Jack Nance. Hey, he is a he was. I know a, the name Jack Nance. He was an actor. Yeah, he, he's best known for being in David Lynch's film Eraserhead. Okay, okay, and oh, he, I de- definitely know Jack Nance. He was found dead. Uh, in 1996, December 30th, and the I official, look at his face now. Go the ahead. official cause of death was a subdural hematoma caused by blunt force trauma. And there's two theories on how he died. One theory is that he was very drunk, and that is that is confirmed. He was incredibly drunk when he died. He's the dude from Twin Peaks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nance was incredible. Another David Lynch thing. So it was a racer head. Uh, Jack Nance's blood alcohol level was 0.24 when he died, which is three times the legal limit. So that that's one of the things that's that's in play here. Some people think he fell and hit his head in the parking lot of a donut shop. Some people think he was leaving the donut shop, got into a fight with two men, and was punched in the head and knocked to the ground. So death number one is being punched in the head and knocked to the ground in front of a donut shop. Okay. Yeah, and he he was the the main dude from a racer head. Okay. He's got he's clean shaven and has the big the big poofy hair, yeah. Big poofy hair, kind of like kid and play, like a white version. Right. And then he's on Twin Peaks, he has the he he wears like the plaid and he's got the mustache. Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't look this it doesn't look like the same guy. He wears like a um almost like a floppy fedora type hat on twin peaks with like a red and black kind of like duck hunter jacket Mm -hmm. um twin peaks is a fucking excellent show yes um yeah i i didn't know that that was the same guy until years later but yeah that's jack dance sure death number two is gregory Pryor. okay and uh gregory Pryor had a little bit of an antique he had a muzzle loaded rifle a 54 caliber caliber muzzle loader and he had a little problem where it just wasn't loading properly or firing properly. So he tried to take a look in the barrel. Oh, boy. And when he tried to take a look in the barrel, he couldn't see. Mm-hmm. So he got a cigarette lighter and held it up to the barrel oh boy. to check and see what was going on inside the muzzle loader. Okay. And uh, the cartridge discharged and the gunpowder ignited and he blew his own head off. Oh. So death number two is looking into your muzzle loader with a lighter and getting shot. Yeah. 
Death number three. This is the Joe Exotic special. And we're going to India for this. We're going to like India Bengal, for yeah, Like a Bengal tiger? Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, so You said um, India. I figured Bengal tiger. Yeah, it was. Uh, you said Joe Exotic. So somebody's uh, like, oh, he, he, he does know the notes. I now. only have the last name of the, uh, the, the person who died here. Their last name was Tawari. Okay. And they're uh they he and Tawari and his friend Suresh Rai, uh they were drinking. They were imbibing a little bit. It was New Year's Day, I should say that. It was New Year's Day in India. And they were um drinking, they had some floral garlands, and they came upon a Bengal tiger, and they decided to run up to this Bengal tiger with uh this garland they had in their hand. They were uh, devotees of this Hindu god Durga, and Durga was known to ride a tiger. So to honor Durga, they wanted to put this crown, this wreath, on the tiger's head. Which the tiger did not like, because it's a tiger. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a tiger. Um, so when Suresh tried to put it on the tiger, the tiger started um, going after Suresh, obviously. Tiwari kicked the tiger in the face to try to save his friend. And got his head bitten by a tiger and died. Okay. So death number one is you're attacked in front of a donut shop while you're obliterated drunk and you fall and hit your head and die. Death number two is trying to clean why, up. Why was he attacked? Uh, nobody knows. Okay. Uh, they, they don't even know if he was attacked. That's the theory. He may have just fallen. Some people think he just fell and hit his head. Okay. Uh, whatever, all we know is he was at a donut shop and then he was incredibly drunk and then he died. Okay. And it was from a, a, a wound to the head. Right. Death number like two. Blunt, blunt force trauma. Yes, and a big subdural hematoma, blood to the brain. Okay. Death number two is you're trying to clean out your muzzle loader and you wind up blowing your face off. Death number three is let's play with tigers. Yeah. Okay. So I have my winner. Okay. I am going to. Uh, we're going to do a process of elimination. Mm -hmm. Can you guess? Where I'm going to start and who the winner is. I think you're going to start with... So the... so this is how it wins. Uh, it works. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you start and then you get it, let's just say, hypothetically, right. it's number one in this case. Mm -hmm. Number one is uh, the first person right. uh, eliminated. Right. Well, now it just leaves the other two, so obviously we're going to know that, who, that's, who wins. That's process of process elimination. Of elimination. Yeah. I'm trying to explain it to people. Okay. I think they know. Uh, Some you'd be surprised. I think your first one you're gonna get rid of. I'm torn between the first and the second one. I think you're gonna get rid of the guy with the gun. Okay. All right. So we're gonna do it this way, a little different. So let's just suppose that you're right. Okay. So that's that. That would be number one gone, right? Number two gone. The, number two's gone, but that's my first elimination. Elimination. Yeah. Um, who would be? My winner. I think your winner is the guy with the tiger. Okay. They all kind of put You're themselves wrong. in the situation. Okay. You're wrong. Well, yeah, but yeah. obviously. Obviously, I can only choose one. Right. You know, there has to be a winner. All right, who's your first gone? My first gone is number two. The guy with the, the gun? The gun. Okay. Yeah, that's the first gone. So then that means your winner is Jack Nance. He died the worst. How do you know? Because you just said I was wrong when I said your winner would be the tiger guy. I just laid it out that way and you said I was wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did. I'm very tired. All right. Well, I'm, I'm exhausted. In the evening. I'm exhausted. 
I said that earlier at the beginning of the show. I'm exhausted. I haven't been getting a lot of sleep. Yes, you're right. But here's why. Let, let, allow me uh, to explain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's how it happened. Here's how it happened. So number number two is my first one gone. Mm-hmm. Because obviously you fucking know that uh, how Jack Nance is a winner because I said I I forgot that I said that. That's how right. tired I am. Okay. Uh you probably I'm confused. Who is the winner? Okay, so the winner is Jack Nance. Okay. So I was wrong. You were you were yeah. You're wrong initially, but the second time you got it, because okay. you had to have gotten it the right. second time. Uh number two goes first because you're lighting a fucking lighter right. by a fucking barrel. Yes. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. The reason why I put that ahead of number two. That is number two. Uh, uh, number three, rather, is because of dumb religious shit. All right. Because people fucking think that, you know, gods and all this stuff. And this is what they do. Right. So they think. I give that guy extra points because he was trying to save his friend. Right, right, right. I'm talking about the initial. Jack Ness is just being a, probably either a drunk asshole or a drunk that fell. Right. But. But either way, he doesn't deserve. Yeah, being drunk doesn't mean you should be. You should die. Yeah, like even if he called somebody's, you know, wife or mom or whatever. Like, right. yeah, leave that fucking drunk. Yeah, he's, he's fucking drunk. You're yeah. you're just a bully if you're fucking with with like, uh, a, it's like you could be a bully. It's okay, but to fucking really like, I, I've never killed anybody, drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe sober, but I've never killed anybody right. that was drunk when I was drunk or sober. Um. But I think I think number two is just a complete fucking idiot. That's why he's gone first. Like mm-hmm. the second thing, because that's not that has. There's no religious, you know, anything. I give them kind of a pass mm-hmm. for their dumb shit because of religion. You know, it shouldn't be like grown men should know better. Like, hey, we should, probably shouldn't try to ride a tiger. Or right. whatever the fuck, you know. Crown a tiger. Crown a tiger. Crown right. a tiger. Right. You shouldn't you shouldn't do that. You should be yeah. smart and know not to fucking do that. Right. Um and you should definitely never go around a tiger covered in sardine oil. Right. I learned that from Tiger King. Uh, yeah. Uh by the way, Carol Baskin definitely did it. <laughs> or 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 the husband is hiding and she knows. Because <laughs> didn't he say something about like he would know? I, I don't remember. It's been a he while. Would know, he would know, like, it's been a while. The show came out, like, fucking two weeks ago. Yeah, I, I watched it, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> you can't remember back two weeks? Not everything. All right. Not every All little right. detail. That's, that's fair. I think the one thing was, it was, like, the husband himself was saying, like... I know they said he was leaving. He would know how to fucking, like... Disappear? Yeah, disappear. Okay. Like, he would know where, where to go. Something about South America or some shit. Um, I'm giving you shit about the details, and I don't remember the details. I also didn't sit there and watch it... From beginning to end, you know, without interruption. Like neither did I. I didn't marathon the whole thing. I I tried to marathon. I tried I to watch it over probably three or four days. I, that's what I did, actually did. I watched it over three or four days, and uh, but yeah. So anyway, as far as the game goes, sorry, maybe it's not the best. Who died the worst? But it's the, better than last. Week. But the winner's number one because I think that Jack Nance probably didn't deserve it whether whether he was attacked or whether he fell. It's the least of the fucking three. It's uh, uh, it's I I, I think but it's is it the worst way to die. I think it's okay. See that's 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 tough. Like on on because you're that drunk, you probably didn't even realize you die. <sighs> I think the guy realizes he's getting bitten see, by a fucking tiger. See, right, and and and, he and was I drunk too. Though, and I guess so. I play the game wrong. But he was drunk too. I I I guess I play the game wrong because it's like who deserved it the most. Right. 
who died the and that's why I started eliminating people based off of stupidity. Right. Uh you know, so I guess all these people were stupid. All right, let's play the game again. Let's start over. <laughs> let's let's start over who died to where. So number uh number 1 was So so you have so so let's stop let's let's stop worrying about the details behind mm-hmm. it. So it's it's blunt force trauma to the head. Right. Getting shot in the fucking head right. or face. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And a tiger eating your head. Tiger wins. There we go. All right. Tiger wins. Tiger. That's the worst, right? That is the worst. Yes. If we don't know the story behind these right. things, I, I probably wouldn't want to have my head eaten by a tiger. I wouldn't want any of them. But I'm, no, I'm but if you, right. But I think the, the the easiest death would be falling when you're drunk, because if you're that drunk, you're probably not even realize. But what if you get your fucking head bitten off by a tiger and your brain's still working for like a minute? That would be hor- horrible. Yeah. And it, the tiger's so big, and it fucking ate your head, and you're now you're in a fucking tiger's, like you hear shit. Oh, like if it got like bitten clean off, like yeah, like clean off, and then you're in it, like 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 you're in the like way. how they used to like turn like when they decapitate people, they turn their heads around so they could see their body. They always yeah, say. like the, yeah. with the guillotine, and they have the expression. That's fucking. That's so brutal. You're already cutting somebody's head off. Why do you want them to see it? Yeah. And if you're gonna do that, why don't you turn them the other way so they can see the blade come down? Yeah. I don't know. You know what people should do, though? What? Buy our shirts. You should buy our shirts. Yeah. You should give us a five-star review on your local podcast. Even if you didn't think that this particular episode is worth five stars, do it anyway. You know, it'll make us feel better, and it'll go. we'll go, oh, shit, dude, we just got five fucking, like, we we got a five-star review. Yo, it's going to put us in a good mood for our next episode to be better, because if not, I'm phoning it in. Yeah, no, literally, like I'm going to the bathroom because right. I'm trying to stay away. Even though I know we already had Corona, <laughs> I'm just gonna phone it in from the bathroom. Rona it in. There's gonna be a lot, a lot of echoing, yeah, and stuff. So, so like, and yeah. and yeah, like, uh, just fo- find us on social media. Just search "Murder My Dude" on like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You'll find us. Word. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and we will see you next week with more murder. My dude. So you were saying earlier, like you wanted to under kind of get into the mind of killers and get in the mind of like, m- like rapists and things like that, right? To kind of understand them better. All right, we, we didn't have to use rapists, but yeah, go ahead. Um, so what you're saying is you want me to journey with you into the mind of a maniac? Well, I mean, you were doomed to be a killer since you came out the nutsack. <laughs>